0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs.
1: For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast
2: on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: And welcome into the opening drive. Carrie Davis is here. Brooke Grimsley is here. Matthew yeah. Rocchio is here. We're, we're missing someone. What happened? Uh, I What's
4: don't know. What's going on in here? I, I, I somebody feel took like took a day somebody. Off. Yeah. Another
3: day off, I guess. Randy Carricker is not here today. It's just the three of us. We're going to get cozy, get comfy. Yeah. So turn the camera little on Just, just, yeah, just, just turn around just and, and, and that stare into the, the open nothing space. There. Nothing. He's not here look, with at, us look today. At the camera,
4: just you see, this is how you work a holiday weekend, guys. It, it really is. This is how you work, or week, I guess I should say. Because he's then you have Labor Day Off. Mm-hmm. He didn't labor that day. None of us did in here, luckily. And then taking Friday off, a three-day work week where you are basically taking the days off that are best. Because nobody likes returning to work on Monday. No. And on Friday, you're ready to get to the weekend. That's, yeah, clearly.
3: that's the move. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. Mr. Carriker is ready to get to the weekend. <laughs> Have you? Are you looking at the YouTube chat? Our lighting today is fantastic. We look like
4: I look like angelic. I came from heaven. Yeah, we're it. looking
3: angelic. Like <laughs> so I, I don't what? know. If You're not watching YouTube. You can't see these angelic faces. The the light is shining down it's the on us. Same
4: light
5: as usual. I don't know what's going on. There's
3: no extra ones turned on. Maybe but <laughs> they, they, we look we're fabulous. We're just blessed. You know we're, we're just blessed. Maybe
4: they changed out the lights.
3: Maybe they changed the. It's, we got new ones. It is bright.
4: Well, CD, if we bro, were just bro, talking just about this it, just, just go. Uh, there you go. Oh, but great. we were talking about whatever the fast lane does in here. I have no what idea. We, we walked in today. Chairs were everywhere. <laughs> cameras are everywhere because people get upset. Like, I can't see whenever we start the show where the cameras are. People Correct. get upset where they're like, I can't see you. And it's like, well, I don't know why the camera is facing, facing towards yeah. the computer and the computers are everywhere.
3: It's one of those things.
4: Like yes. We want to
3: see your face. Who said that? You want to see
4: my
3: face? The fast lane gets done with their show and they just scurry out of here. Don't what worry. Feel like. They don't clean up. Just leave. Just go no. yeah, the hell with it. They'll get it in the morning. Whatever.
4: It, it reminds me, of like into school <laughs> when everybody's just like packing everything yes, up and just rushing yes. out. Chairs arrive. So you you got, got all the like... lights
3: off in here too, so they have the strobe lights going. It's a it's a pretty cool setup. do you ever work food service where like you had to open and the closing shift
5: yes. was always like what what what, what did they
6: do yes. before they left? <laughs> yes, <laughs>
4: nothing yeah, exactly. A hundred percent.
3: Well, the Cardinals lost eight to five last night. Adam Wright took another loss on the mound. He went six uh, five and two thirds, eight hits, eight earned runs. Four strikeouts, three walks, rough first inning, gave up a leadoff home run to Ronald Acuna Jr., walked Ozzy Albies, then got a double, gave up a double to Matt Olson. <sighs> Struck out Azuna looking in. Eddie Rosario was able to single in Albies and Olsen and down 3-0 to start the game. Just uh, another rough outing, as I said. What did what did you see from Adam Wainwright yesterday? <sighs>
4: CD, it just feels so painful at this point. And I I don't like saying this because it feels like, you know, with the Cardinals, especially during the majority of the season, it felt like you knew what was going to happen going into games sometimes. Or you knew as the game started to get going, you knew what was going to happen. After that first pitch with that and Ronald Acuna Jr., I just it felt like you knew what was coming, right? And to Adams credit, he did settle in a little bit. We know that he gave up four home runs in total, which ties a career high for him. I you knew that it wasn't going to end up well. It to me at this point, it just feels so painful. And you can tell that he is going out there and giving it all. I know that there's going to be people who text and they don't want to hear it. Right. They think he's stealing money. They think that he should have hung it up last season, all that different kind of stuff. I don't think anybody could have predicted this is how things would go for Adam Wainwright this season. And the fact, too, that he's still remaining at 198 career victories, yeah. and you're just waiting for that 200 to happen. But, CD, looking at the schedule, it's getting slimmer and yeah. slimmer. The competition doesn't get any easier. No,
3: it does not. And, and you know, when you have people saying that he stole money, I, I want people to look at his record last season. Now, the end of the season wasn't great, but he was yes. dealing with uh, an injury. He got hit by a ball. His stride was shortened. He wasn't pitching in the manner in which – he felt that he could and he corrected it at least we thought he did yes world baseball classic got injured missed time to start the season and it just has not been great this year for him but for people to say he he didn't deserve or didn't earn the money that he's making this year take this season away from it look at what he's done in his entire career look what he did last year uh, he did a fantastic job for the Cardinals and you know it's it's. I'm sure he's more frustrated than any of us could ever be we're yes. watching the game we're living and dying with each pitch but he's living it literally he's yeah. going through it going out there and, and fighting competing his butt off but just not able to get the result that he wants and the Cardinals aren't able to get the result that they want and uh, when he's on the mound
4: yeah and that's thing there's been several starts at least recently and there's been some this season he's not the only pitcher that has been the victim of this where they're not getting the full run support which is something you can't predict it's part of the game right but with Adam Wainwright I think another reason why when you're talking about because people really hit on September how that went for him they should have known that maybe that was something that could be an issue this season here's the thing though his entire career, what has Adam Wainwright been known for? Making adjustments. That is something that has kept his career going on for this long. He's able to make in-game adjustments, but also make adjustments whenever something isn't working for him in a start. It is. So, of course, you wh- why would you not want to see him go out and get 200 career victories? You
3: should be rooting for it, and, and I know he's working hard. It's just not happening right now. Hopefully yeah. some things can can turn around. The Cardinals were able to catch up to the Braves in the, se- in the top of the second inning. A hit-by-pitch of Adam Kitt, Andrew Kisner scored Walker, uh, win struck out swing, and then Edmund, Tommy Edmund, singled Tommy. in Lucan Baker and and Nolan Gorman to tie the game at three in the top of the second. You know, we call that in these time slots, don't you? What is that? That's mm-hmm. the opening drive bump. There it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, oh, this worked. is true. This is true. <laughs> yes. Adam Wainwright was able to pitch a few more innings having success. Ta- Adam talked about how he made adjustments after that first inning.
7: Well, I just came out a little rusty, is all. I think the first inning was just, um, you know, not as sharp as i wanted to be and then as the game wore on i got a little sharper and sharper um until the very end there but uh you know i think i think um once i realized my body was gonna be all right pitches settled in and i was able to execute better
3: pitches settled in able to execute better and did pitch better until the bottom of the fifth where he gave up another run gave up another run in the bottom of the sixth uh it's just brooke i don't i don't know I don't have the words for it. We want him to be successful. Yes. And and I'm not a person that would ever... Here's my thing. You know, I know I know that the the talk radio thing, the the popular thing is to disparage and and downgrade and degrade and 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 just Saying they're stealing disrespect money. yeah professional athletes until yeah. you put on a uniform. Mm-hmm. Until you walk out there and do that in front of 20,000, 30,000, 40, 50, 60, however many thousands of people until you are in front of millions that are watching. You have no clue what it would take to be able to do that, to have success at that. Now, are you always going to have success every single time? No way in the world. Yes. But to get to that point, to be able to say you are a professional athlete, the amount of work, the amount of sacrifice that it takes, I'm not saying you can't, you know, talk about the performance as you see it. But to say that people don't deserve what they have earned – Mm-hmm. is is absolutely crazy to me
4: it is and here's the other part of it too is that i what i i always want to know and i, I just want to know this maybe somebody can text in because i i know that people want to text in and say that he's stealing money different things like that how do you think that media should, if if you if they could be in their shoes, how do you think that media <laughs> should approach Adam Wainwright? Go up to Adam Wainwright's locker in the clubhouse and say, hey, Adam, um, looks like to me you're stealing money this season from then the organization. It. How do you feel about that? Put a Tr- mic in his face. It. Tell me how that goes. Because here's the thing. There's also a certain level of decorum that you had to have in those situations. Yes. And it's a respect thing. If you can frame the question in a way where you're not making it sound like a personal attack, because you should be pulling away the personal from it. And here's the thing. We've had Adam Wainwright on every single week. Wednesdays with Wainwright. I know it was a special Thursday edition yesterday, but CD, you've heard him. He's holding himself accountable. He is. He's not enjoying this. No,
3: no one is. Him specifically. But here's the thing. When you are a professional athlete, you don't sign the check. You just negotiate the contract or your agent does, and whatever they feel like they can pay you or want to pay you, that's what they pay you. So who's to be held accountable in that situation? It's not the person that's receiving It's the person that's giving and if they didn't feel if the cardinals didn't feel that he would be worth that they wouldn't have given him that and they felt that he would it just hasn't gone well and i think this entire season has been mainly about the players on the field i've said that all season long people wanted to fire ollie people want to fire mo people want to walk wayne right off into the pasture and never see him again (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) that's a player but the other two are not and so when you're looking at why this team has struggled it is about the players on the field and them not performing at the level that they were expected to.
4: And hey, by the way, like this season, even if Adam Wainwright had a fantastic season, is would he? Would it be any different? You think
3: mm, for the Cardinals? Yeah.
4: It might have been. It might not be. What are his now? 19?
3: Like, is anybody 20. even keeping up with it at this <laughs> many, point? Many, <laughs> if I mean, you just love
4: back, misery and just want to check that out. Maybe they're twelve games yeah. back. Maybe ten. He's not. Uh, but, yeah, my no. my point being, he was never expected to be the ace for the starting rotation this season, and there was a lot of things that went wrong with the Cardinals this season. Yeah, it, it, I mean, too many.
3: And things And not making to count.
4: excuses for them whatsoever. There was too many things to count. Way too many.
3: We got a uh, to- uh,
5: comment. Uh, I don't, don't want to call it text. Yeah. Uh, comment's not the right word. Chat. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm I'm, I'm off this morning. Maybe if the team was paying him like five million dollars for the season, it would be different. He is the highest paid pitcher on the team. That's from Hunter in the YouTube chat, which again, I think is a weird statement in a non-capped league.
3: Isn't uh, Miles Michaelis the highest paid pitcher on the team? Sorry, he said second highest paid. He Ah, corrected that. Um,
5: Again, I just I always think that's a really weird take to have in non-capped leagues. It's like, why? Like that's that's not your money, like that, well, twelve million dollars. Do you? Re- I mean, do you really think if they gave Wino five million, they w- that he would have spent that twelve on another pitcher, and that would have changed this season? Be realistic. <laughs> just be realistic about this. Now. If, if, you're compla- if you don't been like in their that pocket. he's the second highest paid pitcher. Your complaint isn't with him. Your complaint's with the front office. And here's the that's thing: is your anger correctly yeah, with what with, with,
4: a, with what Hunter's saying? And I think the maybe some people feel this way: is that they could have used that money elsewhere to go get another starting pitcher. Here's the thing. I don't think that they were going to get another starting pitcher this past offseason. Go. They were laser focused on getting a catcher. I and told you guys, him. I remember John Moselock saying even last summer that their focus was going to be finding a catcher this offseason. And guess what? He stuck to his word and, you got him. and he got a catcher. And he said that they were maybe looking at some starting, some starting pitchers that we know, but then it didn't pan out. And then those guys ended up having injuries. So hindsight's twenty, twenty, blah, 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 all that different kind of stuff. But at the same time, Adam Wainwright wasn't holding the Spending money on him wasn't holding them back that from getting starting yeah. pitchers. That's That's wasn't not, that were. wasn't where they were. They weren't withholding
3: no. money, finances to That's go get not someone else. That's that, that They spent what they wanted to spend where they wanted to spend it, and they had confidence that Adam Wayne ain't Adam Wayne Wright would be a good pitcher this year and have success. Just like they had confidence that Jack Flaherty would yes. be a good pitcher. Jordan Montgomery, uh, Miles Michaelis, you name them. Andre Pallant. Do I, I, do I keep going? Wilking Rodriguez. Wil, Wilking Rod- pick Remember. one. They they. <laughs> They had confidence that every single one of these pitchers would have success. Yes. And it hasn't been that way, whether it's the starting pitching or the bullpen. Yesterday was Adam's turn. He didn't perform well. We will not, you know, just bypass that because that's what took place. But... To say he didn't deserve or doesn't earn, didn't earn the money that he made, I think is cra- completely crazy. I agree. That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, we got a little bird watch or maybe bird droppings. I don't know. We'll see. That's next on the opening drive.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive.
4: Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Brooke Grimsley alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. We also have Matthew Rocchio in studio. No Randy character today. He's out mm, probably mm, on a golf mm, course by now. Mm. What do you think, CD? I'm
3: sure he is. Well, what time is it? Seven nah, eighteen. He's still asleep. He might be listening.
4: Hey, Randy. Hi, Randy. No, you're listening. And this is one of his favorite segments because yeah. it is time for bird watch or bird dropping. There CD, you song. I'm sorry, Can I get a bird watch? Son of a. <laughs> you know what Rock hates it Rock absolutely hates it (laughs) when the Cardinals
3: lose he expects nothing other than bad talk bird droppings is all he wants if you have a bird uh, watch he's going to be very frustrated and angry so uh, (laughs) I might do it every time from here on out just because of that.
4: I think you know honestly, <laughs> I have thought about that at night when I'm show prepping. I was like I can't wait. When I sent Rocky the email for the sound I'm using for my bird watch, I was like He-he-he-he-he. I yeah. was just like giggling <laughs> to myself. I, just- I opened it up, I saw it I'm like
5: this is going to be pop- she's going to she's going to want the
3: damn bird not yeah, the splat. Me too. So I, you... we're going to go with Tommy Edmond because <laughs> I'm yeah, Thank you sir. I greatly appreciate it. Tommy Edmond, who did join us yesterday. Fantastic player, second baseman, shortstop, center for or whatever you want him to be. Uh, but as a hitter, his last eight games, batting 400, seven RBIs, three stolen bases, has uh, the two walk-off hits for, uh, against San Diego that were outstanding, just performing well. And I think the thing to, to keep in mind for the rest of this season to keep an eye on and for, for next season, A, where is he playing, in the field, and where is he batting? Where is he best suited? Mm -hmm. Does Mason Wynn become the leadoff hitter, and then you can make him maybe the ninth hitter and and be that that secondary leadoff hitter that they talk about? Or is he continuing to be uh, be the leadoff hitter and continuing to get on base and allow guys to drive him in? Is he your center fielder every single day next year? Potentially, because he does play the position really well. We talked about not having one of the strongest arms, but his ability ability to get to balls is unlike anybody that we've seen this season in center field. So I'm excited about... What he's done these last ga- eight games for sure. The two walk-off hits were amazing, but also just what the expectations are for him for 2024.
4: But carry his arm, yeah, his arm. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I mean, you get you get fascinated when you see Mason Win sling it across the diamond. I, you, yeah, we get we get thrilled. Size-wise,
4: they are very similar. I think size Mason wise. might be
3: a little bit taller. Mason's, a little bit. Yeah, yes. may, maybe I think Mason might be a few inches taller, but either way, they are. I mean. Mason has a stronger arm, obviously, Mm -hmm. and that's part of it. But what Tommy Edmond does in tracking the ball, I I, I told you, I like to listen to Jim Edmonds talk about playing center field and how he attacks the ball and how he sees the ball off the bat and knowing it's all about that that first jump, the first reaction, how you see the ball when it's hit. And so I think Tommy Edmond does a fantastic job of getting to balls that – you know some of the other center fielders this season have not been able to get to
4: his baseball IQ yes. is what's on display and He's that's a fan why it's, he he is <laughs> he is and also i think even his brother and sister i don't know if his sister still works on the analytical side of things but they're all involved in baseball in some sort of like engineering analytical sense so that is a very Baseball savvy yeah. family, a very smart family. Too. Yeah,
3: very, very intelligent. Uh, very good baseball player. Understands how to play the game the right way. A pro. And and when yes. you are athletes, know what that means. Hey, when you're a pro, that means you go to work every single day, handle your business. You're going to be locked in, dialed in, and going to take care of everything that comes for you.
4: And that's it. Was interesting because Willie McGee talked. I think it was before yesterday's game, or maybe the day before, about Tommy Edmond with Jim Hayes on Valley Sports Midwest. And Jim asked him, like, you know what? What have you had to say to Tommy? what have you had to work on with and he's like i don't have to tell him anything he was like he puts in the work he just goes out there he he talked about his high baseball iq and how quickly he's able to learn and adapt to things and that's something when we're talking about possible trades this offseason it's going to be really hard to part possibly with a Tommy I Edmond. Mean, I don't want I don't to lose Tommy Edmond, yeah. but he, I'm saying playing, yeah. when people are looking at players and what you could get value out of, yeah. his versatility is something that could really pay off. I agree. For the Cardinals, and I think I want to say keep him here.
3: I do too. All
4: right, my bird watch.
3: Fix your face, Rock.
4: Rock. <laughs> You guys have to go onto YouTube to see Rockio's face. Uh, he is on camera so there. Uh, angry about this. I mean, how many times, times, how many times
3: did you hear that growing Ooh. up? Never.
5: I think that's a different face. side of Twitter that, uh, that uses that phrase, Care, You know what I'm
4: saying? Oh, I, I, think, I, think, yeah, I think it's, it's, my, side. I think I it's a little bit of a cultural fix difference on fix you. your face. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Just, <laughs> right now. <laughs> just real quick before I get in my bird watch, this text from the 618 just made me laugh. I love Tommy. He's one of my favorites. Is it just me, or does he Look like all the members of Lincoln. Park. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He absolutely I'll let you work on that while oh. I while I get my, my bird watch. So my bird watch is gonna be Adam Wainwright. We talked about it in the first segment and we got some texts in, some, you know, agreeing with what we were saying, some disagreeing. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> <laughs> it's the Lincoln Park photos. Does he look like Lincoln Park members all mixed together? Is there a way we can show the YouTube chat? Because the 618, that was fantastic of oh. them to piece that together. Because as soon as they said it, I knew exactly what they were talking about. He does. He, he kind of does. He looks like all of them mixed together.
3: When I, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about.
4: (laughs) Oh, everyone's just Googling. Are are you ready? Are you ready, Rock? For
0: for the sound. Okay, all right.
4: (laughs) Be prepared for this. So, uh, my bird watch is going to be Adam right? I know that it seems like it's polarizing now on how people feel about him and his performance this season. People feel like he's fleecing the Cardinals, essentially, different things like that, that he isn't earning the money this year. CD, you said it best. It's the way that this money has worked out this season. He's earned it from what he's done leading up to this point. And this has not been a good season. Just to break down some of the numbers, we saw last night he gave up uh, four solo home runs. As I mentioned earlier, that tied a career high for a single game for him. Not good, I think. uh, That's safe to say. Six earned runs. If you're looking at a positive, which I know not everybody wants to hear, he did get seven swings and misses, which is really rare for him, especially with his velo topping out at 88 last night, which... That's not great to see. This is tough to watch. His ERA is now at 8.19. Guys, that is not not, good. good, It's painful to see. But the whole point of my watch and what I wanted to get to is just kind of the impact that he's had, not only on the Cardinals, but outside the organization. We knew that this was, even though he told us yesterday that he doesn't get too emotional about his last times at certain ballparks, the Braves were the ones that drafted him. And so Brian Snicker actually had some things to say about Adam Wainwright after, I think it was the uh, the loss for the Braves the other day. He took the time to talk about Adam Wainwright and how proud he is of him.
8: I'm so proud of him and his career and love the guy. And and I I said, you know, you're going to have a statue at Bush Stadium. He's had a, just an unbelievable career. He's a wonderful person, giving, professional, what he's done for the game. I'm sure the city of St. Louis and his community, he, he just he's, he's uh, just a great, great person. Um, and I'm, like I say, I'm just very proud of him and, and the career that he's had because I think the world of the guy.
4: That shows you a lot about Adam Wainwright as a person, not only impact that he's had for the Cardinals organization, but the impact that he's had around the league. <laughs> Managers don't go out of their way to say things like that. And Adam Wainwright has really impressed so many people. You don't like to see what has happened this season. Yeah. He's held himself accountable for this yeah. season. And what else do you want him to do? Do You think that just right now he should just hang it up? Because that's my question is, like, what? what is it that some people are wanting from him for the rest of the season?
3: They are just frustrated. I mean, I think when you are struggling in the manner in which the Cardinals are this year, you look for anyone to blame, anyone and everyone to blame. And so, you know, it's easy to to point the finger at Adam Wainwright and saying he's the reason. But there are many reasons. You can pick many pitchers on the staff. You At times, you can pick many hitters, I mean, on the roster. It's just a... a a group of guys that didn't perform well collectively this season. And that's what it's been. And, and go, to go back to uh, Snicker's point, when you are a player, the only people we need – to really uh, validate our play is our teammates, yes, and our opponents. The guys we play with, the guys we play against. That includes the opposing managers, the opposing coaches, the head coaches. Who, whoever watches your film. I, when I was playing, the the greatest compliment that I can remember that I received pregame. Uh, Mike Singletary, we were playing the 49ers. Mike Singletary came up. To me, I, all right, CD, I see you. He was the he was the linebacker coach yeah. for the 49ers. And the fact that Mike Singletary knew who I was let me know. Oh, I'm I might be doing something right here. He's been watching me. He's been paying attention. 38. I, I've been watching you. I see you. I, wait a minute. What? I, okay, that is what matters to us. And so to hear that from opposing from an opposing manager, I'm sure. It feels a little bit better, but it doesn't take away the sting of no. how, how poorly he's performed. But you understand as an athlete, those are the people that matter most because those are the people that are actually doing it and have done it.
4: Exactly. And that's what matters at the end of the day. Yep. Not supposedly fleecing people for $17.5 million or $17 million. In
3: certain people's opinion. Yeah.
4: All right. Probably <laughs>
3: never done it. What do I know? I wonder how many games you played, pal.
4: That's what I want to know. Well, you know what, CD, if they didn't get injured Wreckley in high gang, school. Yeah. You know, Wreckley it's that shoulder in high school that yeah, yeah, yeah. held them back I was from a that
3: 101. In intramural Let, doesn't count? <laughs> nah,
4: nah. Doesn't give real? you
3: an... I've seen some real hoopers in in intramural in college. And I'm like, why you don't Oh, yeah, okay. I once I talk to you every like, night. No, yeah, okay. I got it. <laughs> Not in you. Makes sense. There you go.
4: So, as we know, club stuff, intramural stuff, doesn't count. Anyways. Doesn't matter. <laughs> that's Carrie. I'm Brooke. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, we're going to talk to Linda Wynn Head Football Coach Jed Stugart. That's next.
6: The
3: Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis joined by Brooke Grimbley. It is 733. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And we go to the celebrity line and we talk to our great friend, head coach of Lindenwood football, Jed Stugart. Coach, how are you doing this morning? Kerry, how you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. I, so, I bet you are. I mean, I saw the win. I saw the score. I, I'm sure after a win like that, 77 to nine, in your opening versus West Point Stevens, and that that it had to feel great to get that win under your belt.
9: Well, it felt great. I mean, obviously to come out as our first game and be focused up, ready to play. I mean, I I know we were, you know, we're playing a team honestly that we were expecting to beat. Um, you know, they were a lower level team, and and sometimes, as you know, uh, the challenge can be to to be focused and ready to play against the team that you're expected to beat. And so I was really proud of our guys to to practice in a way that we were practicing. We always say kind of practice every week like you're playing the national champion, you know, and, and uh, be at that standard. So for our guys to come out and play that way and, and uh, all three phases of the night uh, or all three phases of our team. Uh, played played really well, so um, it was a good thing to get under our belt.
3: So, coach, I know we talked a lot last year about cave Brister and how how much he meant to the team. You knew you're changing, transitioning quarterbacks. You got Cole Duggar in there. What were your expectations going in, and did he meet those expectations?
9: Well, you know Cole had played uh, had had has been with us, and he's played a few times, and and so we're we're so familiar with him. And he, you know, I feel uh, sometimes when you change quarterbacks after an era um you know you have to kind of really wait and see uh you know wh- how that transition is going to be but I think in this case with Cole being with us for two years being behind Kate and and uh and even coming in and playing in some key situations of games we've been able to really see uh and our team has been able to really see what Cole's all about and they have an extreme confidence in him um you know they're he's he's his own kind of quarterback he's different than Cade in Kate in a lot of ways and and uh, we feel highly comfortable with uh, with Cole. We're excited, uh, you know, to see what he does uh, in his next two years here at Lindenwood.
4: Coach, what about your defense? Of course, the great night for them too. They held the pointers to just seventy eight yards. Brendan Dye leading the defense with six tackles. What can you say about their effort?
9: Well, their effort was awesome. You know, I think um, you know, even though you're playing a team that, uh, and they're in transition. You know, we'll be the first to tell you. You know, we our first test is going to come this week, but again, you know, just to watch film after the game and see, you know, that our defense was playing sound football there in the right spots. But what we want to do is we want to be a, a you know, we want to fly around. We want to be a, a running, pursuing defense. And, and that's what we saw and good things happen when, 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 when they're doing that. And so, um, it, you know, our, like I said, our real test will be tomorrow, but, uh, you know, for first indicators, because that's where we really struggled a lot last year was defensively. We, we were young. We were kind of banged up in a lot of spots and the test will be you know how improved are we defensively and so far I'm really happy with some of the improvements we're seeing and so yeah it was it was fun to see those guys
4: well as you mentioned there big game tomorrow kickoff at 6 p.m. against SIMO, C- and you guys will it's the second installment of the game ball brawl so how excited are you for that and also to get kind of a rivalry going
9: yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it makes sense that this rivalry to in, in state teams, uh, really not far away, and and uh, you know, it's fun. I've been a part of rivalries in my past, um, you know, and it, it's it makes it special for both programs, and uh, you know, and then uh, this is the second game, and it's our second year at FCS level, so it's you know, it's one of those things where now to make it a rivalry we have to do our part and, you know, we've got to try to get that thing back. And so, you know, not only being a conference uh, in conference rival, it's also this new rivalry game we're playing for the the trophy and it just makes uh, these are the special things about college football. And and, uh, we're excited to, uh, just adds another element of motivation for both teams.
3: You talked about the conference element of it. Does that play into anything when you're thinking about recruiting? Because you all are essentially recruiting the same areas in Missouri, Southern Missouri, St. Louis, all of those areas. Does that play a factor into how important this conference game is?
9: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's um, – you, know, you know, and this rivalry, I mean, like you said, Kerry, it's uh, it's not just the, the one game a, a, a year. Um, you know, we're seeing each other. We're recruiting the same kids. Um, you know, and it's uh, you know that adds that element. Um, that's why this game's very, very crucial. You know, some kids are making decisions, you know, on off of various things, and and even you know how your program plays, and and all those things can be other elements to that. So uh, that's what keeps makes this thing you know r- really intense and and uh, r- really exciting.
3: Now, we- Absolutely. We talked about last week about the transfer portal and how that has changed so many things. You all didn't lose anyone in the transfer portal last year. How how tough is that to recruit new kids? But the way that football is set up now, you also have to recruit the kids that are in-house to make sure they stay in-house. Yeah,
9: no doubt. I mean, we, we uh, uh, you know, that was a great thing for our program. But, you know, just really I think shows, you know, how our, how our coaches uh, – how they treat our players, you know, how, how uh, the culture of our program, I think that's a a huge indication. I think, you know, I've never been one that, uh, you know, college football is ever changing. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, the transfer portal is just a reality. I mean, it's one of those things where you, you you don't know until maybe your compliance officer walks in and notifies you that somebody's leaving. And and so, you know, I think that, uh, you know, if you're a program that has a healthy culture and really, pours into your players and stuff, you know, I think, you know, you probably don't worry as much about that, um, you know, uh, because you're engaged with your players. You're always going to kind of know how they're feeling. And I think it, it puts other, you know, if they're, if you're a program that doesn't do a lot of that, it kind of forces your hand a little bit to be a little bit more engaged with your players. And then there's just some realities. I mean, the transfer portal, there's sometimes kids just, you know, are, are locked in behind somebody their age. They know they're not going to get on the field and, and want an opportunity to play, and and uh, you know, and so sometimes that's going to happen. And since you know, and we ha- we've had a, have a couple guys that have done that, and we understand that um, to help them get placed in in places where they can play. But it has changed the dynamics a lot, especially when it comes to recruiting. And, and how you're going to choose to recruit?
3: Well, coach, you all must be doing a great job. Keep up the great work. Good luck tomorrow night. You can catch the game on ESPN Plus. You all playing Southeast Missouri State at in Cape uh, versus the Red Redhawks, 6 p.m. tomorrow night. Good luck to you all. We will be watching, and we'll talk to you next week.
9: Thanks, Brooke and Kerry. Great being on you today.
3: Thank you. Thank you. That was Coach Jed Stugart from Lindenwood University joining us today. Uh, Got a little football action. Football is in full full play right now. I love football so much.
4: And great for Lindenwood. It sounds like a lot of fan support, a lot of people going out there too. I need to go out to a game. But when you beat someone 77 to 9, oh my gosh. It feels
3: feels good to to get that W, the first W, no matter who it's against, to get that first one of the season under your belt. It feels great.
5: Also, I, I I like a new. Team going to a new conference and actually getting like a real rivalry going instead of right like, away. Yes, get to it. What they're trying to do with Mizzou in their what, new conference all what, these what, years. What, what, like, well, who is their rival? Arkansas. Well, it's, it's not a rivalry when you just win every time.
3: Oh wow! Oh, Said no man. one ever at Mizzou, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> get your text in for take it or leave it next. That's three to three one four three nine 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 six four six. That's three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! Take it or leave it is next
1: you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn
2: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers it's
0: time for take it or leave it want to say something put it out there it, you can take it if you don't set it right back get your
1: text into 314-399-9646 and give us your
2: take it or leave it brought to you by gloria lou realty visit gloria and start packing
0: that's my final author take it or leave it
4: the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. We also have Matthew Rocchio in studio and no Randy character today. He is already getting ahead on the weekend. I think he might have enjoyed the three day weekend a yeah. little bit too much and yeah. he wanted to do it again this weekend.
3: Uh, obviously nice. <laughs> well played, sir. Very
4: three day, well two, done.
3: Two three day uh, weekends and one three day work week. Yeah. Squeezed in between. Well played. Well sir. done. Well, we'll, played. we'll do a
4: clap for that. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Golf club. All right, it's time for Take It or Leave It Now. So get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line. That is 314-399-9646. ho i I'll get us started, guys. So take it or leave it. We knew that the big story going into that Kansas City Chiefs and Lions game last night is that Travis Kelsey was going to be out due to injury. I know mm-hmm. that I feel like we all knew it was coming. It took them a minute for them to say it, but we knew it was coming. Take it or leave it. Fantasy owners were really upset that Kelsey didn't play, but Patrick Mahomes was probably even more upset.
3: Oh, take it. Yeah, take it. I played a guy last night that didn't realize Travis Kelsey wasn't playing and had him in his lineup. Uh, Sucks
4: for that guy. I was wondering how many people <laughs> went through that. They were just waiting <laughs> to the last minute. Just waiting yeah, until the last minute. It was
3: it was funny. He texted the, the group afterwards. He said, "Oh, I might maybe I should pay attention to the lineups." <laughs> <laughs>
4: Maybe you should. Yeah, it Not my
3: problem. I was happy.
4: Yeah, that was uh, that was rough. What was yeah. going on with the wide receivers last night?
3: You know, for it, it was, you know, who I thought about. Specifically, Tony. When I, watched, Tony when I a... watched that game, I thought about Eric Enemy. and oh, the reason why yeah. I thought about Eric Bieniemy because we hear how hard he is on his players, mm-hmm. and if those things are taking place in practice. I could imagine him screaming, yelling, getting after guys, making sure that those things don't happen on Thursday night, on Sunday afternoon, on yeah. Sunday night, Monday night, because that's what he does. And I think maybe, maybe that may be lacking in on that Kansas City Chiefs offense this year and for years to come. That was I, I, Kadarius Tony was in his head at one point. After one point, oh it was my just God. Yeah. The, the pass he caught or tried to catch over the middle uh, on the right sideline, where he reached back, didn't use his hands, tried to catch it with his body. It was it was really bad. One of them wasn't his fault. There was a mesh route, and the receiver was crossing right in front of him. He couldn't see the ball, but he dropped at least two to three passes that were that should have been caught. And the Kansas City Chiefs fans were were. Showing Living. their uh, yeah their disapproval of, uh, of his performance. My
4: whole thing is, especially in the third quarter, that pick six. Yeah, that will, right through his hands. I mean, how many times do you think he's going to be shown that in film uh, Brooke, this weekend? Let me tell
3: you something. I, I, I'm telling you, I had that happen <laughs> to me. Our quarterback, Kirk Kidner, had not thrown an interception in I don't know how many pass attempts. It was like the record at, at Illinois at that point. Yeah. Threw a pass to me, did the exact same thing, pick, and the coach, our coach, Ron Turner, who I love, Said, if we ever call this specific play and Kerry Davis is in the game, call a timeout. <laughs> Don't run it because I was the number one reason. You read. didn't even
4: get a second chance nope. at he said, it. If, if no I redemption. Ever yeah. Call
3: this place. F Texas. Call a timeout. <laughs> Don't throw it. Oh, God. I guess I better figure this out sooner so rather than later. What do
4: they do with Tony moving forward? This is he, I know we're gotta, getting a little off subject, but what do jugs. you do?
3: He got to get on the jugs. He got to catch passes. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. And have confidence. That's all it was. If, if you would answer to Brooks' question,
5: text in at
3: 9:30. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. So that was a great take it or leave it. it? My take it or leave it was same, uh, similar game, same thing. Take it or leave it. If the Chiefs don't have Travis Kelsey and they continue to perform like that, they don't even win their division.
4: Oh, wow. Ah. I've, I I not I don't know who
3: could win the division because that division is eh, kind of yeah. stinks.
4: Yeah. I don't know. I think Kelsey's a big factor, and I want to ask you this too. And we can we'll get into this more at nine thirty. It's a little bit different, but do you think that Chris Jones also factors into this too? Do you think not having Chris Jones and, and having an Travis impact. Kelsey, it's I, more Kelsey?
3: I think it was more Kelsey last night. I think he it was didn't more. Have
4: else. Well, he had
3: guys; they just weren't catching passes.
4: It, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. Then
3: you got you, you you can only do what you can do. You throw it to them; they either catch it or they don't. And if they don't, and one of them is a pick six that goes right through the receivers hands you lost the game by one point
4: I can't stop thinking about it. I watched it about 20 <laughs> times last so, night because I yeah. was like how does that even happen yeah,
3: that's, You gotta throw a, that's away those a tough clubs. way to lose
4: I might have to take it I don't know it's to me I thought that and I think a lot of people too and it's not Patrick Mahomes fault right and in yep. that situation it's definitely not his fault they I mean there's no excuse for what happened last night but at the same time, I kind of was expecting for Patrick Mahomes to find a way.
3: I thought they would. They he was throwing this to them. They just weren't catching it.
4: Yeah. Not much you can do there. Yep.
3: What you got,
5: Rob? Take or leave it. the Chiefs hang forty on their next opponent opponent, that would be the Jacksonville Jaguars, by
3: the way. Is leave
4: Travis Kelsey back? It. <laughs> it oh Melissa. Well, yeah.
3: The Jacksonville Jaguars are gonna be a really good team this year. Trevor I'm Lawrence. Leave that.
4: Yeah is gonna be very interesting to see him this season. Taking or leave it, the Cardinals will be sellers
5: at the next trade deadline oh. because they will not oh. be able to fix their problems this offseason. Sellers two years in a row.
4: There's no way. Take
3: I, it. I'll let you. Can take I it. can I answer that question in March of next year? No,
4: answer <laughs> it now. Take it. I, take I, it. no,
3: I, so here's why. Come with me, Kerry. I need take to see well, I need to see what they do well, here's what in the offseason, season, Kerry. Here's the What not what, what do. aren't they? They aren't going go to get three person, pitchers.
5: Every single person that made the decisions that got them here is going to be making
3: the decisions to get them okay. out of this. Oh, but they they're going to make better decisions, it. right? Mm. Right. They're going to go get three starting pitchers cuz that's what they said. Right? Rock? No?
4: They did say I'm going to take it.
3: No, I'm going to leave it. They won't be oh, sellers wait, two oh, years man. in a row. I,
4: I'm going to leave it. There's no way that they're going to be sellers. Not two years in a row. But, you know, Rock, I will say you do make a fair point because that's something a lot of people have asked and I've even thought about, too, is the people that we are trusting to get us out of this situation are the same are the people, same people that, got that got us into it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. not good. That's Take it or doozy. leave it. That's a bad situation.
3: <laughs> just, Take it.
4: Maybe they learn their lesson. Like I don't, oh, I, I, yes, don't the, I don't want to
5: keep. I don't want like keep bringing that catch twenty two up. But I feel like if I mention it once a day to, until March, it still won't be enough. Because yeah. it's 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 insane, and especially when you it's one thing when you do th- when you don't do it after like an 82 win season. It's a completely different thing when you lose 90 plus games and then don't do anything. Um, take it or leave it. Here's some positivity. When we look back at this season in a few years, it will be remembered for the hall of prospects the Cardinals got and from draft and trades more so than how awful the team played. Who did Who they get in Chase, return? Chase Davis is from the draft. It a big draft, the big, yes. name. Okay. The big name. Then you get Takoa Robbie, Drew Rahm, Thomas, Deely. Thomas, Deely. Thomas and Um Who are we
3: missing? Those are
5: probably the big ones. I mean, are we, are we You forgot about John King. I mean, John King's already given you innings. Klofenstein's going to be a solid relief pitcher, but I think you talk about the big things you're going to be talking about. It could the be the names. fact that you walk away with two starters.
3: And Okay, I'll take that
4: and it'll be interesting to see based on how this season pans out what they do with the draft pick randy flores getting that
5: yeah and obviously you know they're gonna be it's a lottery too so i mean they're not i mean i think they're right now either fifth or sixth worst in baseball which puts them i want to say off the top of my head around a nine percent chance to get the number one pick Mm
6: -hmm.
5: so not terrible no It it could happen
4: uh I'm going to, you know, the thing is, is that I could take it in that situation just for the fact that you were able to get those guys out of just basically rentals. Yeah. Well, the season was already done. Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty, there was nothing left for them to do here and they were going to go anyways when the season ended. So for you to be able to get those young players in return, to me, that's a win. I agree. Because what were they going to do? If you kept them around, what would happen?
3: We would be in the same situation without any prospects.
4: And then we would just say bye-bye to him, yep. walking away free at the end of the season.
5: This is a little bit off yours, Karen, but somebody uh, uh, texted in, so I want to say it. Take it or leave it. Losing Eric Bienemy has just as big of an impact as losing Chris
3: Jones and Kelsey. Take it. I, I mean, wow. just watching yeah. those receivers last night. He's I, messy. I, the stories that I've heard about Eric Bienemy, he's a very good coach, but also extremely tough. and And he's matter-of-fact in his statements and how he – gets after guys in practice and and every player on that team that has had great success has said it. Tyreek Hill came out in in his defense mm-hmm. when the receivers from uh from Washington were complaining, hey, just take the coaching, man. You will be better for it. And Kadarius Tony, I couldn't imagine a professional athlete dropping that many passes in a game.
4: I don't for even for whatever know how reason you I don't even know how you explain it.
3: No, you don't. It's just uh, he he wasn't locked in, wasn't dialed in and it became the pass that that he tried to catch like that's a mental thing at that point. He is yeah. he is in his head and he's not confident in his hands and so he tried to make a catch with his body. It was a third down, I believe, a second down and long and he just didn't catch it.
4: All right, we have one more?
3: Maybe, maybe not. Rock is searching, scouring the internet.
5: Let's we'll take this one. Take it or leave it. It's not the players. It's the pure analytical approach to the game that's causing these Cardinals team issues. Ooh,
3: what do you
4: say? Ooh, it's not the, not players, the players. It's the analytical can
3: approach. I, can I take it and leave the
4: play, again, it?
6: Because it is, best, is a little <laughs> bit of Your yeah. best
3: hitters
5: are on the record as talking about a lot of analytics that they like to get from the organization. Like We have yeah. the best hitter. We have Aronado so and Goldschmidt
4: talking about that. Maybe is the person saying that the analytical analytical stuff is getting in the way of the player's performance where they're getting too much in their head uh, about certain things? Because if you have too many people throwing things at you and you should just focus on But we have heard so many players say just getting back to some of the basics and not worrying about some of that stuff. I, I think
3: that as a player, you have to know what works for you Yeah, and you can't. I wouldn't blame it solely on the staff or the coaches or the analytics because at some point, Jordan Walker is a perfect example. Hell with that launch angle. It ain't what I do. And I don't do it well. I'm just going to get back to hitting the ball the way I know how. And you have to be confident in yourself. You have to be good enough to do it, but you have to be confident enough in yourself to say, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to approach this. And so I feel like at the end of the day, it is on the players more than the analytics because – as a player, I have you to have do to what's cheat. in my best yeah. interest to have success. If this way that you're not, and this is specifically for professional athletes. If, if I've done this my way my entire career and, I, and it has worked, I can use some of the analytics to help me know what this pitcher likes to throw, how he likes to get guys out. But at the end of the day, if I'm trying to use launch angle and it doesn't work yeah. and I'm just popping out. Maybe I should try something.
4: I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I'm going to have to take it that it is on the players at the end of the day to really decipher. I do understand, though, that it's probably hard when you are being pushed a philosophical approach on how they want to see things, whether that be a pitching philosophy, hitting philosophy, and you feel like you need to do that in order to stay in the organization. I can understand that getting in the way. I do think analytics in general, and we, we know we're not an analytics show here, we don't like all the numbers, all that stuff. It takes the human element out. Yes. That's just what it does. I think we're all tired of seeing that aspect of it and how it's affecting a game. All right. Well, that's Carrie. I'm Brooke. And thank you, Ronkio, for the Take It or Leave It. Coming up next, we are going to go to the celebrity line to talk to the voice of the Tigers, Mike Kelly. And you know what, guys? I think that Eli Drinkwitz did a little bit of a take it or leave it earlier this week. And he said leave it to the quarterback competition. We're going to talk about that with Mike coming up next on 101 ESPN.
1: (laughs) You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto
2: Centers.
1: Time to feed the tigers on the Opening Drive. This is the
2: Morning Zoo. On 101 ESPN. Brought to you by James Carlton of State Farm. Mention Mizzou to James when you request a quote, and he will donate $20 to Mizzou's preferred NIL on your behalf. Carltoninsurance.net.
9: we will be moving forward with brady cook as our quarterback and quarterback number one um, while giving sam opportunities to grow throughout the game uh it won't look the same as it did this past week as far as uh, maybe exactly equal first half and second half but we are definitely committed to letting sam uh continue to get reps and improve and grow i think he's earned that opportunity but i also think uh brady cook has earned the right to be quarterback one and and uh take the lion's share of the reps. And so that's going to be how we move, operate moving forward.
3: Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis joined by Brooke Grimsley. And that was Mizzou Tigers head coach, Eli Dringlewitz talking about the quarterback competition. We go to the celebrity line and visit with the voice of the Tigers, Mike Kelly. Mike, that was the quarterback competition that doesn't really feel like much of a competition. What did you make of that comment and, and the competition that was to be going uh-huh. into last week?
10: well there was a competition it's just that one guy wanted and and clearly was the number one guy um you know just because it didn't come down to the nip and tuck expectations that others had or maybe did sam Horn didn't perform to the level level that that people expected and i'm talking about people on the outside um you know he did some nice things in camp i, I think the biggest deal is consistency and you saw it in the second half you know he'd make a really really good throw like the throw over the middle uh, on his first possession, um, but then he made a poor throw on what resulted in an interception. So, um, you know, and people can say, well, it was a drop. Well, it was thrown behind him, and it was it was behind him, and then it was dropped, and so it resulted in an interception. And So it's on the quarterback to put the ball in a better position. Brady's just been more consistent, and it, he's been more consistent from day one of camp. Um, and, and you can tell that his comfort level is so much more is at such a higher level than than the other guys that he was competing with. I mean, let's keep in mind, he's going to he's going make his 16th consecutive start for Missouri at quarterback tomorrow against Middle Tennessee. As you gain that experience as a quarterback, there, there are a couple of things that happen internally. You become more comfortable, but the game slows down for you. And I think if you talk to Brady Cook, he'll tell you exactly that's what's taken place over the course of the last year. Meanwhile, it's still coming at 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 Sam, at at kind of a very high pace, and so you see the, the inconsistency that comes into play when you just don't have a lot of experience.
3: Mike, when you talk about a quarterback competition, it's very rare that you have a returning starter and have a a newcomer, and you call that a competition. Was this a an idea that they thought maybe Sam Horn could potentially take over that spot, but as you said, just not ready right now?
10: I think it's. I think. It, I think every position in every single. Camp across America, whether coaches say it or, or not, there's a competition, and if you're not the guy, whether you've started for four years or started for one year, that comes out every day and plays at, at, at the highest level, then there's a pretty good chance you're going to lose your job. I mean, it happens all over the place. It happens in college football. Happens in the NFL. Um, I think it's. I think it is in. It is in the best interest of the head football coach to make sure that he's got a backup that has got some experience that can come in when when things happen this is no different than what gary pinkel did um when chase daniel came to town brad smith was the starting quarterback um, coach pinkel got uh even though brad had established himself clearly as missouri's starting quarterback he made sure that he got roughs for chase daniel not knowing when he was going to need him in a game situation and it happened against iowa state Brad Smith went down, Chase Daniel led Missouri down the field through a touchdown pass in the back of the end zone to Sean Coffey, and Missouri won the game that day because Chase Daniel was prepared to take over at that position.
4: And how do you think that he talked about that they'll utilize Sam Horn in kind of a different way? How do you think that they will utilize him moving forward where he can still continue to grow and learn? And especially, I think, some of the fans' concern in this day and age of the transfer portal is that you worry about that. You know, you worry about with the quarterback competition and then one, obviously, with Brady Cook, he earned it. But still, you worry about Sam Horn and how that relationship will move, move on moving forward. Being around this team, how is Sam Horn handling that news and does he understand that he's still needs to grow
10: sam sam hasn't changed at all and sam understands it completely he's a very you know he's, he's a kid that understands exactly what, what what the situation is um i don't i don't sense any frustration on his part in this day and age brook i mean every every player on the team could leave as soon as the portal opens up right so um that's just something if fans are going to worry about the quarterback they should worry about every other position on the team because that's happening across the board in college football, thanks to the unprecedented free agency that we've got in the sport right now. Um, Sam understands that, that he needs to, to continue to get better and get reps. And his, and I know that his quarterback coach, Kirby Moore, is very encouraging and continues to work with him each and every day. And so I think what it'll probably be, it'll look like is that you know they'll try to get him a, a pre-designed series at some point in time during the course of the game. Um, now, that may be that may change depending on, on what's taking place. I mean, at the end of the day, right, it's about winning the game. And if you've got something going right, I don't know that you shift away from it. Um, you know, just to, just to make sure you get a guy in. Um, so, you know, I, I but again, I think we've seen this. I mean, you know, if you, if you watch the, the Florida Netflix video, you saw that, that Florida did that, um, with Tim Tebow, his first year, Now Tim Tebow came in. as basically a, a design, um, short yardage, um, red zone goal line runner, um, and you know that that proved to be very successful in, in, in his growth and development. But it took advantage of the skills that he possessed as a freshman. I
4: also wanted to ask you about another St. Louis native, East St. Louis's own Luther Burden. What have you seen of his progression? Obviously, he led the team in receiving yards in the season opener.
8: I think the big
10: thing for Luther is consistency. Uh, Forty-five receptions a year ago, but if you look back. Um, what percentage of those receptions were on jet sweeps um, you know he he led the team in drops at seven drops um, I, I think he still is trying to adjust my negative is is that i think he's still trying to learn at this level that he can't outrun everyone um, you know and there's times instead of trying to take a jump cut backwards to try and outrun or outflank the uh, the defense or the pursuit. And sometimes you just have to understand that you're you're outnumbered. And you got to either get out of bounds or take a loss. And I think those are things that come with maturity and again more experiences as a player. That was only his, his what his 14th game in college football um, last week. But you know his his highest, his most productive receiving day, 96 yards receiving. Um, and and can he continue to can he continue to to have a level of consistency each and every time out? That's that's the thing that. I think is, is, is going to bode well for everyone.
3: Mike, what did you see from Kirby Moore in his first game calling the offense? We uh, had a, I guess, big to-do about Eli giving up play-calling duties. What did you think about the offense in his first game?
10: Um, it was not something that I didn't see in practice during camp. Um, so I guess I really didn't take, you know, I, it wasn't like there was any surprises. I mean, used a lot of formations, used a lot of different uh, personnel, uh, a lot of, no, a lot of, a number of people are going to play, um, you know, Chase Daniel was in town a few weeks ago and we were talking about his offense and, you know, Chase said the one thing that Kirby's offense is different than than most college schemes is that it's NFL nuanced with personnel, with the number of formations, pre-snap shifts, things like that. And so, um, yeah, again, I, my takeaway was, it was exactly what I saw during train camp.
4: And also, we want to ask you about this weekend. Mizzou taking on Middle Tennessee State University. I hear that it's a really uh, good college well, and football program. Sorry, I, is Mike. I do Raider. have to reveal that I am a Blue Raider <laughs> alumni. Uh, so there you, can you, be, go. you can be fair. You can be fair, Mike. But it seems like uh, Eli Drinkwitz isn't underestimating Middle Tennessee. What are you going to? What are you expecting from the game this weekend?
10: Now, Brooke, I'm teasing you when I say this. So take this the right way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You ended up at Middle because you couldn't get into Vandy. Oh,
4: oh no! Nice. I, you know what it is? You know what it is because you couldn't get into the University of Tennessee. That's an expensive school, so that's that's what it is for sure.
10: Yeah.
6: Vandy, you know Vandy's Stockdale's football done. program
4: is. Whew, I didn't want to yeah. see that.
10: Rick Rick, uh, Rick Stockstill has done a terrific job. You know, here is a guy that played for Bobby Bowden, was a team captain for Coach Bowden as a quarterback back in the early '80s. Eighteenth uh, year, back-to-back bowl wins. Um, they're not going to be put it this way. They they won't be intimidated, uh, nor will they be impressed by anything that, that, that Missouri does from a crowd standpoint. I mean, they played at Alabama a week ago. They played in a lot, a lot of big stadiums. I mean, they came to Columbia, in three and Gary Pinkle's team needed a missed extra point to survive. Um, they spoiled homecoming in 2016 when, when they put up 50 plus points against Barry Odom's defense. So, um, you know, this is this is a team that, while they were beat, and I watched every, I've watched the game twice now, uh, the game against Alabama. They play hard. They're down fifty six to seven, and they're still competing. Um, you know, I think some of what you have to do is look at that score last week and look at who they were playing. Um, you know, but but the bottom line is is coach Stock's a guy that, that if ever there was the if ever you believed in the statement the team's going to get better from week one to week two I mean on their opening first four possessions they have penalties that killed those drives in the first half um, that that's that's execution that's just discipline and so um, you know history shows that this is probably going to be a fourth quarter game um, at Pro field Saturday night.
3: Mike, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate. It. We look forward to having you on later <laughs> on this, later on this season. And uh, I would say go Tigers, but I'm an Illini, so you know. Good go luck talk to you all. Though. Go Tigers, Mike. My daughter does go to Mizzou, so I, I do pay you all. So that 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 well, that's at least it. Go. The
10: money's going in the right direction, <laughs> you know. And, and, and again, you know, it's it's, it's you know, like Brooke, the, like, my wife went to the University of Illinois. She's so. a very smart there woman, you and you're
3: a very smart man and for marrying and, her. <laughs> and, and, hey, Brooke, we good?
4: We're good. We're good. It's, it's totally right. fine
3: thank you Mike All right, we'll see you see you that was Mike Kelly voice of the Tigers joining us coming up hilarious. next that was fun that was I fun. knew
4: that that was coming <laughs> hey, here's the thing here's the thing I don't know anybody I will say it was a great joke I don't know anybody in Tennessee that's that is that excited about go going to, to Mandy. and <laughs> oh, the smarty arts <laughs> it's expensive yeah, well. it's expensive and have you seen their football games it's like they have to pay people to go to their yeah, games maybe they do I, I, they might need to. They might need to. <laughs> Listen, I will say <laughs> there's one still somehow in the SEC
5: about going to Vandy football games. Yes, there are at least three good hot chicken places within walking distance oh, of the stadium. Yes, which is like that's, a, that's honestly... that matters. It, it matters, and it's a good tail. Okay. And honestly, not a bad tailgating setup because they they have they have, they have like, is, these really yeah. long, they have like, these really like long perpendicular parking lots yeah. that are right next to the stadium. Actually, a great tailgating setup. If it was you know. You know, if they wasn't such a nerdy school, I think they could really get a good football program going.
4: A nerdy school <laughs> <laughs> for there. Well, it's
5: like expecting Purdue to put for, like for there the way that they advertise
4: recruiting wise. It's get the degree and be in the SEC. That's oh, that's how they frame that go. one. That's how you frame it <laughs> in <Yeah>. that order. <laughs> yes, that, because you
3: are listen. You are a student athlete. That's They're why special. That that is why. <laughs> You are student athletes. Yes. At Vandy, particularly. <laughs> <laughs> City will be traveling traveling to LA to take on the Galaxy. We'll talk to MLB Season Pass Studio Analyst. Sorry, MLS. It huh, looks like a B. You might have wrote B. I, you're, S. <laughs> MLS Season Pass Analyst, Andrew Weebe. That's next on the opening drive.
1: You are back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: It's the only way City knows how to play. Oh, that's completely
2: given away. And it's an equalizer. And a word. Chaos. Oh. oh, it's a giveaway to Klaus. Who
1: clicks and unresist the air. And scores a wonderful goal. We're breaking down City SC on the opening drive in our weekly segment we like to call Controlled Chaos.
2: Brought to you by Keystone Event Staffing. Better people mean better events.
4: Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Brooke Grimsley alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. We also have Matthew Rocchio in studio. Randy Carricker with the day off. He's probably on a golf course by now, but we're going to head to the celebrity line to talk to Andrew Wiebe, the MLS season pass studio analyst. Andrew, how are you doing? It's been a while since we've talked to you. Hey,
11: did you say celebrity? Oh, you are a celebrity in our book. Oh, my gosh. I wish I was on the golf course, but here I am.
4: (laughs) Well, it is good talking to you, of course. We have to start off with City SC is going to be on the road facing L.A. Galaxy this Sunday at 7 p.m. What should be the expectations going into this one?
11: I think it's for uh, Galaxy to have the ball. This is such an interesting match tactically between these two teams. I heard you guys call it the controlled chaos segment. That really is the deal for St. Louis City. And especially against the Galaxy on the road, they're going to play against the ball. And I think that suits Bradley Carnell and the system. Try to get the Galaxy in positions to trap. Try to get direct to goal after you win it. But this is the best possession team in the league that you're visiting. The issue for the Galaxy is they haven't been consistently using that possession Create goal scoring opportunities, but in Ricky Pouge, you have a guy who can beat players 1v1 and create on his own, break that press, so it's a really interesting tactical battle, Uh, and certainly not a gimme for St. Louis City on the road. Now, one good bit of news for uh, the the away team here, seems like Douglas Costa with the dislocated shoulder is going to be out for this game, so that's another another difference maker off the board, but it's a tough match for Bradley Carnell and this team, and I think this is the most difficult stretch of the season, not just because it's the end of the year or into the playoff push, But it's a bunch of road games here. At L.A., at Houston, both in conference. Home against LAFC, that's the top of the West Clash. At Minnesota, Sporting Kansas City at home. At Vancouver, Seattle. This is a rough ending stretch, but thankfully you have six-point cushion right now at the top of the West.
4: Well, a question that kind of ties into the road. What was your takeaway from City SC's loss this past weekend? 2-1 to one loss to Sporting KC. Do you think fatigue was a, fa- a factor in that? But also, do you think there should be more of a concern about City SC's play on the road?
11: I wouldn't be concerned about much if I was St. Louis City right now. I mean, you're top of the West in your expansion season. Five wins on the road. That's right there at the top of the Western Conference. Only one team has more, and that's Salt Lake. And they can't win at home. The flip side of St. Louis are winning at home. My opinion, you got to find a way to get home field advantage in that first round of the playoffs. If St. Louis City can do that, and it looks like they pretty much have that wrapped up unless they collapse down the stretch, this is going to be a successful season no matter what happens in the playoffs. But I think with home field advantage at City Park, they have an opportunity to go far. I'd be more concerned, rather than road form, about getting Jao Klaus back up to speed and in form. Remember, early in the season, the form that we saw from him, I know Sam and I know Joachini have filled that stead, but ultimately, if I'm Bradley Carnell, I want to use the last seven games of the season to get my best players in form, ready for the playoffs, and I think if you do that, the road form is going to follow.
3: Andrew, the last time that uh, City played Galaxy, it was, they drew. It was a tie. Uh, but going into that game, Galaxy was really struggling. And I think everyone was surprised at how well Galaxy played against City. Do you expect that same type of energy? City seems to, to be the team that is on the attack mode all of the time. But when they played Galaxy last time, Galaxy seemed to be the team attacking City.
11: Yeah, it's a desperation moment for the Galaxy. I mean, this is the you know the team of MLS past, and that's the key word, past. This is a dynasty that's still scrambling, scratching, clawing, trying to get their way back up to respectability. And they've got the players to do it. And that's the frustrating part for L.A. When you have Ricky Pouge and you have this sort of cavalcade of stars that have run through the city and you haven't had success, it starts to weigh on you. And that's why you've seen big-time changes in the Galaxy front office this year. L.A. have an opportunity. They've been in good form. This is not the same L.A. team that St. Louis drew. They've got one loss in their last 10, I think it is. Yes, they're still 13th in the West, but, man, that gap. Tonight's place is only five points. At home, every single match the rest of the way for any team in this league, I don't care who you are as a must-win, no matter where you are on the table, but doubly so for the Galaxy, given where they are on the table. I mean, if I'm a St. Louis City fan, I would focus on one guy, and that is Ricky Pooch. Ricky Puj can do special things with the ball, driving forward, breaking a press. He alone is a one-man press break. And once he gets in the open field, if he makes good decisions, finding those wingers in Diego Fagundes and Tyler Boyd, we don't know who's going to play up top, whether it's Jovlich or Billy Sharp or, or someone else but they will have opportunities to provide service, and that's going to put a ton of pressure on Roman Berkey and both those St. Louis center backs.
4: We're talking to Andrew Wiebe, the MLS Season Pass studio analyst and a celebrity in our book on the celebrity line right wink, now. Wink,
12: wink. Yes, <laughs>
4: no, you are. And, Andrew, you touched on Jao Klaus and getting him back to 100%. Do you feel like he looks like he's not 100% yet? And also, what do you think about some of the new additions that City of C has added in Thorson?
11: Well, I think, Klaus, for me, it's been this this injury that just couldn't quite get healed, right? When you heard quad, you had a little bit of an inkling that it could take a while. But, man, it just stretched on and on and on. And I give credit to Bradley Carnell and the St. Louis staff for making sure that he was fully ready to come back. There was no reason to rush him back, especially with the form of Joe and the dinner and, but I would ease him in. I would not rush it. You have players that can replace his production. I don't think you can replace his presence, his ability to bring other players in around him as a holdup man. So ultimately, if I'm Bradley Carnell, if it's time for him to come off the bench for another couple of weeks, that's okay. Get him up to a point where you can ramp him up right before the playoff time to get him up to 90 minutes fitness and go from there. As far as the new additions go, I, I can't say I've seen enough from – them, The one I would point to, though, that isn't a new addition but feels like one is in the back line, Nielsen. I mean, this was supposed to be the big-time center back signing for this team before Tim Parker even arrived. I mean, a guy that from the Bundesliga that was going to come in and be the rock and robbed uh, St. Louis City of his presence for basically the entire first half of the season. So if I'm looking at one new addition, I'm going to call Nielsen in the back line Uh, a new addition, and I want to see what his chemistry with Tim Parker looks like because that has been a huge strength of this team, uh, and he should only uh, help them elevate that.
4: All right. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us and being a celebrity. That's that's what we say saying. Celebrity here on out. So you can you can say that for the rest of the day. I'll thank accept, you so much, I'll Andrew.
11: i that term, I guess, from here on out. It, but you know what? It's it's tough for us Kansas City folks this morning. I'm sure you guys have oh. talking about it. Travis uh, uh, Kelsey will be back next are, week. I'll, You're okay. I'll, I'll, let that, I'll let that dog lie. All right,
6: guys. There you go. All
4: right. Thank you so much, Andrew. That was Andrew Weeby. MLS Season Pass Studio Analyst and City SC will be on the road this weekend facing la galaxy that match is going to be sunday at seven o'clock at night that is a late one coming up next we are going to go to the fight do we need a fighter we do need a fighter yes oh somebody's going to be taking on cd today so somebody step up Da-da-da-da. to the plate text in to the air comfort service text line that is 399 ho. if you want to be the fighter the fight is coming up next on 101 espn
2: you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn presented by dobbs tire and auto centers welcome to the
1: fight in the
2: red corner
1: average joe listener and in the blue corner the undisputed king of morning
4: Welcome back to the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, no Randy character today. So that means no mega mind for the fight it is CD who is stepping up to the plate today. I guess rock. You could call him like the pinch hitter. Uh, no, I thought we I thought we we had a
5: nickname for him. We you did. guys you guys didn't like oh. Muscle Mind because oh yeah you said it was insulting or it, something. Muscle
4: Mind does sound a no, little bit not. insulting. So if somebody wants to text in and tell us what would be a better nickname for CD for the fight, what
5: the heck um, was yeah. the nickname we came up
4: with? I can't remember. It was it was so great we forgot. Either way, let's go to the line now to bring right. in Ricky. Ricky, welcome to the fight.
12: I'm um, welcome to be here.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, are you ready to take on CD and do you have a good nickname for him? We were trying to figure that out as as you were listening.
12: You know, i I don't really have a, a specific name for for Gary. Uh, He's pretty intimidating if you meet him in person, so I don't <laughs> think you want to talk too much uh, crap to him if you know what I mean.
4: You know what? that's that's a good game plan, actually.
5: The, the mind with the mass. Does that mean with the
4: mask. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's I big, like it. Yeah, okay, thank you, okay. thank you, Ricky. Okay, there you go. Well, thank you, Ricky, for joining us for the fight. Are you ready to get started?
12: I'm ready to roll.
4: Okay, here we go. 25 years ago today, Mark McGuire launched his record-breaking 60-second home run. Who did he hit it off of? Steve Traxel, Mike Morgan, or Mark Clark?
12: Traxel.
5: Which wide receiver had the most catches and yards for the Chiefs in 2022? Was that Justin Watson, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, or Juju Smith-Schuster?
12: Let's go with Juju.
4: Over the last 30 years, only two teams have neglected to draft a quarterback in the first round, the Dallas Cowboys, and what other NFC franchise? Is it the Seahawks, the Saints, or the 49ers?
12: Let's go with the
4: –
12: what was the last choice? 49ers. No, what was the uh, – I'm sorry, what were the three? Uh,
4: Seahawks, Saints, or 49ers. Let's go with the Saints.
5: Which Heisman Trophy winner has the most career NFL passing yards? Is that Vinny Testaverde, Cam Newton, or Carson Palmer?
12: Carson
4: Palmer. All right. We'll double check our score. All
5: right. We'll bring in Randy.
4: Uh, we're bringing. Whoa, Davis. Whoa, whoa. There we go. Ricky, how are you feeling after that? You kind of sailed through it.
12: Uh, I feel pretty good.
4: Okay. How's your uh, uh, look? This could be uh, a good start uh, to more your more Friday. We'll see
12: after the end of. Yeah, we'll see how the end of this goes.
4: Yes. And we've been getting in some good text. Somebody said the Intimidator. And I like that one. CD. Are you excited? No. No? Why not? So Rock, usually we so break down is, what Randy has. CD has a big jug of water. Why are you? What did Rock say to you? Well, Rock
3: was laughing. Oh, like, you're in trouble. He's like the antagonizing wow. child when we were growing up. And, and, and makes. And and you are what during the fight <laughs> when Randy's the fighter? I, I, if right. I'm an antagonizing you know child, what? you are. You, you got me. Okay.
4: The instigator a little bit. No pressure. Okay. I'm the <laughs> instigator. CD. I'll take that. Well
3: played, my man. There we <laughs> go.
4: CD, say hi to Ricky. Hey, Ricky, how's it going?
12: I'm wonderful, thank you. I'd like to give a shout-out to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's my fantasy football team. Okay. Oh. Uh, league that I'm in. Good and luck. And uh,
3: M-I-Z, by the way. I and I.
4: There you go. <laughs> All right, CD, you ready to take on Ricky? I am ready. All right, question number one. Twenty-five years ago today, Mark McGuire launched his record-breaking 60-second home run. Who did he hit it off of?
3: The team or the pitcher?
4: The pitcher. The pitcher. I feel it like is important Steve to Traskle.
3: clarify. I, I feel like that. That's. Uh, I feel like that. That's the name. The that's Final what I'm gonna go with. Okay. Yeah. I'm not you're, even. Gonna... You're doing this fight, Randy style. I mean, I only get one
5: option, right? right, Here we go. Uh, Which wide receiver had the most catches and yards for the Chiefs in 2022? Which wide receiver? Wide receiver. Yes. Is Travis Kelsey considered a wide receiver? He's a tight end. So which of the wide receivers had the the most most catches and receptions? receptions.
4: Over the last 30 years, only two teams have neglected to draft a quarterback in the first round. The Dallas Cowboys and what other NFC franchise? Okay,
3: so NFC, that makes it easier. I can go NFC East, Cowboys, Eagles. Draft a quarterback at any point? No, first round. First round. First round. Cowboys, Eagles. The Eagles take Carson Wentz the first round. Uh, The the Redskins at the time took RG3. The Giants in the 30th, Eli Manning. Are we gonna be Randy style for real? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Walk you got uh, tell us
4: tell us it all. <laughs> you
3: got Mad, uh, Maddie Ice. Um, Drew. Ooh, maybe it's the Saints because Drew Brees was not drafted by them. Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton. Uh, who am I missing from the South? NFC
1: South. NFC South.
3: NFC South. AMC South. AMC South. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Did you just say no one cares? I said Buccaneers. <laughs> oh, I you Bay said Buccaneers. no one cares. Ooh, did they have a first round draft pick? So I got the the <laughs> Bucks or the Saints right now. NFC West. Uh, Jerry Goff. Trey Lance. Uh, ooh, Russell Wilson. Did they take one? Thirty years is a long time, it's man. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Jesus. Yeah. Russell Wilson wasn't a first-round draft pick. I don't need the options because I know what the answers. The options are. It's going to be three of the teams I already said. Mm. NFC North. Yeah, Green Bay, yes. Packers. I mean, Bears, yes. Stafford, yes. Vikings. Ooh, Vikings, Vikings, Vikings. Christian Ponder, yes. Uh, so it's going to be the Saints. It's going to be the Bucks. Or it's going to be the Seahawks? I don't need an answer, Carrie.
4: <sighs> <gasps> don't, stop, stop antagonizing over there. Uh, uh-huh.
3: James, no, James, James. Where was James? Uh, I'm going to go s- s- Saints.
5: All right. Which Heisman Trophy winner has the most career NFL passing yards?
3: <laughs> okay, give me the options.
5: Is it Vinny Testaverde, <laughs> Cam Newton, or Carson
3: Palmer? Ooh, that's nice. That's nice. Vinny Testaverde played for like 40 years. So one would think. Take Cam Newton off of it. Let's go, Vinny.
4: All right. Rock, do we have a winner?
3: We
5: have a winner in today's fight. No, baby, this was... Ooh, this was a close one. Oh,
4: he's getting too much enjoyment out of this. I don't, I don't like that, Suzy. This was a close one.
5: In fact, I got to drop my other sounder for this one because it was that close. So somebody did it. Who did it? And who's walking away for the win is Carrie. Not looking forward to Monday, or is our boy Ricky really, really looking forward to Monday? Ring that barrel.
1: Go crazy, folks. Go crazy fight
2: average show listener the fight is presented by golf discount of st louis with the most experienced club fitters in town why shop anywhere else
5: congratulations ricky you took down cd in the fight and you hit the jack got all
12: four correct
5: congratulations
12: I'm feeling pretty good today. Uh, I wish I could have gone against uh, Randy just so I can feel better about myself. Fair enough. Fair but, uh, enough. but you'll have a, you will,
5: you will have a chance you'll now. You'll have a chance now. You'll have a chance now, Ricky. you got the weekend to prepare because you will face off against Randy for round two on Monday. Let's go through those answers. You heard them all from Ricky. 25 years ago today, Maguire launched his record-breaking 60-second home run off Steve Traxel. His tying of Roger Maris the day before was off Mike Morgan. Which wide receiver had the most catches and yards for the Chiefs in 2022? It was, in fact, Juju Smith-Schuster. Over the last 30 years, the only two teams that have neglected to draft a quarterback in the first round are, in fact, the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. But here it goes, Kerry. Here's where it got you. Carson Palmer, Carson Palmer. Has, 14 Mexico, Carson Palmer yeah. has 14 more career yards than Vinny Testaverde. Carson Palmer with uh, 14 more career yards than Vinny Testaverde. Makes him, by the yardage, the most successful Heisman uh, Trophy-winning quarterback in NFL history, pretty much until Joe Burrow and a couple other guys continue uh, their seat careers for the rest of the year. So awful. a 4-3 to three win for Ricky. Ricky, we will talk to you on Monday. You'll face off against Randy in round two. Congratulations. Thank you so much for joining the show. And... And uh, have a good weekend.
12: Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, just win, baby.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> good you job, Ricky. Hey, hey, Ricky. Yeah. If you ain't first, you're last. There we go. That's Ricky what Bobby. Ricky there Bobby. There you guys. go. Living
4: up to your namesake, huh?
12: <laughs> good Absolutely. job. Absolutely. I'm ready to bring it on next week. Carrie. I appreciate you uh, stepping in today and taking the beating. And I look forward to next week.
1: I look forward to
5: this week as well.
1: I'm so going to go see. get
3: my
4: big
5: right brother. <laughs> yeah, Carrie's going to be stirring the pot something fierce wow. on yeah. Monday. Yes well, thank me. you Good so job, much Ricky. for joining
4: us for the fight, Ricky, and we'll see you next week. way. <laughs> <laughs> wow some shots on the way out it's all good man cd you should have known where it was going because the way that rock the smile on his face oh, at the I end i didn't know there, he had
3: all four of them now yeah. that, that is that's I was tough i told you when i was letting you in like carrie this is gonna that be a rough tough. one oh, and, and man! the vinny testaverde i mean he played he played 20 years yep. and so that, that felt like it's the like 14, 14 yards, yards man come on man that's, I mean, on. I should go all Randy Carricker in here.
4: 13 <laughs> <laughs> yards, Rock! <laughs> <laughs> How you going
5: to hold a fact against me? That's all uh, good,
4: man. I love it. Well, thank you, Rockio, and thank you, Carrie Davis. It's okay. Before it we was. Go. Yes, Brooke.
5: I, I want to. We we gotta figure this out. Carrie, do you remember the nickname? Oh, yeah. That you're supposed to have now. We we got in we had a nickname that was better than the one I thought. The bearded, the bearded brain, the bearded brain, the bearded brain, the bearded brain, something like that. I'm not the sure. bearded and the brain. No, I don't know. I, the bearded brain was
4: a TV show, or no? No, it was Pinky a, in the brain. Oh, Pinky and the brain. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it sounded familiar. We, <laughs> we got a lot of people saying. Yes. Ma-
5: well, we got a lot of people saying mastermind. Oh, okay. But with, like, the two S's. Oh, you see there? <laughs> You're we big got, dude!
4: There you <laughs> the go. Mastermind. All right, I like mastermind. We're going we're gonna to roll with that uh, one. All right, that was pretty. the fight. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, we have Fresh Take. Should we take anything positive away from this Atlanta series? That's next on The Opening Drive.
2: You're back to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh
2: take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
12: Yeah, no, it's, it's a cool opportunity, and we're kind of viewing this like, I mean, all these teams that we're playing at the end of the year are all either in playoff position or fighting for it. So it's a, it's a chance for us to play uh, September games that are meaningful and kind of have that playoff environment. So it's really cool that we get a chance to do that, and hopefully we can uh, make some noise.
4: Welcome back to the Opening Drive. I'm Brooke Grimsley, alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, a.k.a. the Bearded Brain, or Mass. Mind mm. as we also determine we also okay. have matthew Rocchio here no randy <laughs> character today he's probably fully on the golf course by now and that was cardinal center fielder we can just say hey, wait, center fielder wait, wait, now wait, no he's no gold glove second uh, I, well you know what
3: <laughs> cardinals I think he's, he's a little bit
4: lead off hitter there we go
6: <laughs> <laughs> just just overall
4: utility player versatile player tommy edmund Talking to us yesterday about playing spoiler right now, because we know where the Cardinals are at this season. You got to yeah. have fun in some way. And is there anything, the fresh take today, should we take anything out of the fact that the Cardinals were able to take the series from the Braves? As we saw, they were able in those first two games of the series, outslug the Braves. And it wasn't against anybody easy. I mean, Spencer Strider, we've seen what he's done this season. So there is a positive to take away from that. They scored 21 runs, C.D., in those two games against the braves if only they could have done that last night too but there was a lot more that happened in that game yeah. but is there any takeaway from that when it comes to these core offensive players
3: um i think when you're looking at what they are or what they can be offensively it should give you excitement it should bring you know bring you to the ballpark and have you feeling like they have an opportunity to to be in every game now the question is and has been and will continue to be until it's corrected is the pitching. I think that the lineup when they're rolling when they're hitting when they're all on point they're they are fantastic they got guys hitter after hitter that can mm-hmm. make something happen um and, and so i'm I'm excited about that part when they're struggling and the pitching isn't up to par it's it's a rough season for them, and that's that's i think been too often more more often than not this year It's just not timely hits um not, not, no small ball. I know baseball has gone mm-hmm. away from the notion of even doing small ball or having small ball involved in the game. I texted you all last week. I forget who we were playing. Uh, it was a sacrifice bunt. I think it might have been the Pirates. I was like, was that a, that a sacrifice bunt? It feels what?
4: illegal to see that when the Cardinals what, what do is that. What's <laughs>
3: What happened? How does that, how does that, how was that you not do ruled that? out of the game? Because when you watch the Cardinals, it feels like those simple plays are ruled out. Hitting the ball to the right side of the infield, getting runners in with, with runners in scoring position with less than two outs. Those things are things that have to take place, but haven't taken place enough this year. But they have all of the pieces to get it done. So mm-hmm. is it a just a consistency thing? Consistency thing? Is it a, Having the same lineup every day, rolling those guys out there in the same spots in the same positions, knowing who's in front of them, knowing who's behind them, I think that I think that carries weight. I think that helps you knowing that hey, I'm batting in the two hole and uh, Nolan Arenado is behind me. Or Nolan Gorman is behind yes. me. I know I'm the five. I know I'm going to get some good pitches because Nolan Gorman or or Paul Goldschmidt got on base. So those things matter. It's just finding out the consistent thing, consistent way to do it every single day is important for this Cardinals franchise.
4: And when you see what there's, this offense is capable of at times this season, you're like, okay, now I see what the Cardinals were thinking this season. And it's it's hard to understand how we've gotten to this point because there's also times where the offense just goes cold or you see the situational hitting. We've seen that many times this season where it is frustrating to watch because then you see games like this, those in the series against the Braves, where they are able to, do that and you're like why couldn't you do that consistently but I think that to your point having defined consistent roles is something that could probably definitely help this team moving forward because the talent is there we've been saying that the talents there it's them being able to live up to those expectations at times is what we haven't seen this season
3: what do you think the level of frustration is for Cardinal fans when you watch this lineup perform that way against a Braves team, the best team in Major League Baseball, perform that way for two games, knowing that you have have the capability of doing that every mm-hmm. night out, but for whatever reason, it hasn't taken place. Because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, these are the same guys, for the most part, that have been in there for the majority of the season, it's it's Goldsmith, it's Nolan Arenado, it's Tommy Tommy Edmond, it's Nolan yep. Gorman, it's Wilson Contreras, mm-hmm. it's Jordan Walker. Now Tyler O'Neill; those are the guys that you have been leaning on all season, and then you see 21 runs against the best team in baseball for two games. That has to be a level of frustration that is is. It's hard to comprehend.
4: Um, I think I'd say on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most <laughs> frustrated, I would not go 20, CD. Yeah, because yeah. i that's exactly what I thought. The I was like, wait a minute. Been? Because my my thing is like, man, if only this would have happened in June. If this team would have been able to come together a little bit more in June, we wouldn't be having these conversations. Now, the reason that we also want to get into this is because you do have to think about this offseason. When you see this offense and the capable, what they're capable of doing, as we talked about, 21 runs in those first two games, games against the Braves you think well wait a minute we gotta go get some starting pitching it's gonna be hard to break these guys up so what did Greg Amsinger have to say yesterday about trading potentially one of these hitters to get back a starting pitcher this off offseason
8: John Mozeliak is gonna roll his eyes when he hears me say this because he knows I'm right Nolan Gorman is the first name that pops out of every front office executives mouth when calling the Cardinals front office and it makes all the sense in the world. The guy is a natural third baseman. He's doing his best to play second, but he doesn't want to DH his entire career. We're not, we're not talking about a young Jim Tomey, but he could end up having a really consistent 35 to 40 homer power. I mean, he's 23 years old, and he's going to hit 30 home runs this year, and he hasn't been playing every single day. So if you invest every game to this guy, if he played 155 games for the Washington Nationals, because the Nationals let other guys play every day ask Lane Thomas, the former Cardinal, how many home runs would Nolan Gorman have this year if he played every day? So I think teams are recognizing how significantly talented he is, and he doesn't have a home position.
4: It will be hard to lose Nolan Gorman, especially when you look at the series. You don't want to lose Nolan Gorman because you know that potential that he has. And then he's only going to get better from here as he gets older. And here's the thing. You know how the Cardinals can avoid this? Go and spend a lot of money in free agency so you don't have to part with some of your hitters. Well, I, I don't
3: know if that's we, we talked about the free agent spin, market. How? Spin, it, spin, yeah, spin. but it's going to be so, so much smaller now because of all of the the things that have happened yeah. to starting pitchers and to his point Nolan Gorman I mean 27 home runs right now and 400 at bats you figure maybe 150 more at bats in a season how many more home runs he would have hit or will hit that is a uh, that that's that's something to really take in, take into consideration going forward
4: yeah you don't want to see that just go. Okay, Cardinals, <laughs> if you're listening, which you probably are, just go spend the money so maybe we can uh, keep some of these guys around. Missing. I know that there's some guys you're going to have to part with, like, I don't know, maybe a Dylan Carlson, if you're able to get something back. But when it comes to getting a starting pitcher, I don't think anybody wants to see one of these guys go, but that might be the case, or you could just and, spend a lot of money. And you're going to have, have to, to, like to suffer Mets.
3: through it when he's hitting 40 home runs.
4: Exactly. It'll be painful. All right, yep. that is CD. I'm Brooke Grimsley. Coming up next, we are going to talk to Robert Thomas. He is going to be a part of the Ascension charity classic this weekend we're going to talk to him about his golf game and i guess about the blue season since that's coming up here soon that's coming up next on 101 espn
1: you're back to the opening drive podcast
2: on 101 espn
4: presented by dobbs tire and
2: auto centers
3: welcome back to the opening drive i'm carrie davis joined by brooke grimsley we are still efforting robert thomas of the st louis blues and while we wait brooke we are here cardinals Took we two of three. Here. We are yes. we are here. You and I are here. <laughs> we are here. As you can somebody's see. enjoying their weekend. Can you turn weekend. that camera on, Rock? This, oh, there's a person missing. That would be amazing, missing. please. For those that don't know, we, you hear our voices, but you don't hear the one voice that St. Louis St. Louisans are so accustomed to hearing for mm, 40 yeah. plus years. That would be one Randy character who is out today, enjoying his day off, three day work week, two back to back three day work, <laughs> three day weekends. This man has got it figured out. I gotta I gotta, a, I, gotta yeah. I gotta sit down with him. And, and really, plan this and out. Plan out better, man. Yeah. I got to do better. It's on me. It's not him. I got to do better.
4: I well, it's like I was telling you earlier. It's the perfect situation because nobody likes returning to work on no. Monday, so we had Monday off yes. for Labor Day, yep. and then everybody on Friday, you're ready for the weekend. You so are. then you're already getting ahead on those two things. Nothing
3: wrong with it. He's done a great job, and the Cardinals did a great job for two games of the of the three in that series, uh, taking a loss last night versus the Braves, eight to five. They will begin a three game series today and Cincinnati versus the Reds. But we were talking about it last segment, Brooke, that the Cardinals' offense and what they have Mm
6: -hmm. is
3: enough. I think we all believe that that's enough. If it's all, you know, if everyone is playing, I think this season everyone has taken their turns. Wilson Contreras had a month where he was scorching. I think it was July where he was on fire. Uh, Jordan Walker has been hot in the month of September and and the last few months of uh, August. You saw Nolan Arenado pick it up. You've seen Nolan Gorman have a have a you no know, heater, then slow down, then hot, then slow down. But all in all, he's going his numbers are gonna average out to be really good this season. It's the pitching. It is and the pitching. And, and it is what we we can talk about this at nauseam, and we will. I promise you, we will, because it's the most important part of this team that has been missing all season: starting pitching, relieving pitching,
6: mm-hmm.
3: blown saves, not great starts from from the starters. That has to be corrected. And and for me, I've said it and I'll say it again, I don't know how it gets corrected for 2024.
4: And you've also said, and I think this is a very fair point, that is very concerning for a lot of people coming in. How do I trust the word of the people who got us into this situation? They say, all right, we're going to focus on this moving forward. We're going to go get starting pitching. Now, they did say last offseason their focus was going to be getting a catcher. And they did do that. But then they also didn't address some of the other things. They were expecting a Jack Flaherty. They were expecting others to perform better on the starting rotation than they did this season, as we saw. You also have to address the bullpen. Take the Rangers, for example, right? We talked mm-hmm. about it the other day. I don't know how many blown saves they're at now, but they actually were leading the league in blown saves at, with 29. I know the Cardinals were like at 26, <laughs> I believe, and at 29. Look at how it's biting the Rangers now yeah. in that situation yep. because your bullpen also matters. Ryan Helsley, I'm interested to see how things work out with him the rest of the season because I did hear John Mozeliak. I know that we played that frame. Cusimano interview, what was that, like a month ago? Yeah. And that was before Ryan Helsley went on the IL. I know that he's back now, but still before he went on the IL he mentioned that they are looking to Ryan Helsley to basically come back around. But then you have the comments from Ali Marmol the other day where it really seems like Jojo Romero has kind of taken more of that role, in his mind at least. Now, will Ali and the front office agree on that? And how do you move forward with the bullpen?
3: For me, Jojo Romero is... The one Cardinal pitcher that I trust most, I think, and that's starting pitching, that's relievers. He's done a fantastic job, got his first decision ever in Mm -hmm. his career earlier this year, and has just been, he shows passion, he shows energy. You can tell that it means something to him. And you know what he does? He takes the ball. He doesn't, he's not a guy that is going to say, oh, I pitched yesterday, oh, I pitched the day before. I'm so no. You want me to pitch, I'm going. I got you. I'll take care of my business. I'll give you all the effort that I have. Mm-hmm. And as a teammate, all you want is guys that are going to put themselves on the line for you, for themselves, for the team. And when you have that guy on your roster, when you have that guy in your bullpen, you can trust him. You know he's going to give you great effort every time he goes out on the mound. And I think he's delivered every opportunity that he has. And when I'm looking at this roster, when I'm looking at this 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 chart of players, I, I don't know who else You feel comfortable saying that about, and that's a problem because if you're going to have, I mean, 13 pitchers on your on your roster, and right now you're saying
4: you don't trust Andrew Palante. I think he's
3: a great guy. He's (laughs) He's a a a fine guy. He's He's a young guy. He's a (laughs) great guy.
4: You sound like me with Taylor Monter. That's (laughs) exactly. I (laughs) I think I mean he he he's
3: a young player though. He's a guy that has to learn and mature and learn how to be a professional and show up every single day no matter what it's about this business is about results it is a result driven business and if you don't put up the results you don't keep a job and that's the bottom line guys get paid a lot of money when they play well and if they don't play well they don't get paid a lot of money or they don't have a job and so for me when I'm watching this Cardinals team I see guys that have the potential to be really good can you do the, the, the reward you get for having a good outing you get to go do it again that's exactly. the only reward you get. Somebody may pat you on the back and say, hey, good job. Now, the expectation is you have to do that same thing again and again and again. And that's the part where when you become a pro, when you can show up every single day and have good outing after good outing after good outing, that's when you start understanding that this guy is a pro. He is a guy that's going to take the ball, do his job, and do it more times than not better then the other people will.
4: Availability is what matters. Here's yes. another question that just made me think about this. Is there a concern, and this is maybe something that is good on the Cardinals that they're believing in their players, but do you think there's a concern that maybe a lesson that was taught this season that you hope that they've learned moving forward is to not put too much trust on players who have a proven injury track record. I'm talking so. about Tyler O'Neill. I know that Ryan Helsley has been battling this season. Those two, it seems like they've been yeah. battling out for who is going to be the least <laughs> available for the team this season, and it seems like they were hinging more on those two being yeah. more available than they were. You can't predict injuries but some of the injury history especially with Tyler O'Neill, and then you could even throw in there Dylan Carlson yep different things like that do you think that maybe that is a lesson that they will take moving forward of to not put too much stake into people with a proven injury track record
3: I think you have to I think that if a player is often hurt you know often injured just unable to play you have to take that into consideration because that's who they are at that point. Until, mm-hmm. they prove you, until they prove otherwise, that's who they are. And you can't really trust, put a lot of faith in guys that don't show up and play every single day or unable to play every single day. That's a, for me, that's a problem for, for, for a team to have trust or faith in a guy that is not or has not shown you the ability to stay healthy. Exactly. That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, we have our great friend, Cardinals broadcaster Chip Kerry. He'll be joining us from cincinnati and we'll see if he's on a hot girl walk that's next on the opening drive
1: you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn
2: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers chip i'm gonna come
6: at you like a spider monkey
4: Welcome back to The Opening Drive. I'm Brooke Grimsley alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. We also have Matthew Rocchio here and no Randy Carricker today. He has the day off. He planned this week out very well as we spoke about.
3: Chip, have you taken time off from your job to go play golf? Uh, no, I've not. Oh,
7: okay. I have four-time off. I have, <laughs> <laughs> I have not. No, no. no. We, I I, we signed up for 162, so okay. my vacation will come in the season
3: finally. Just end.
4: checking. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That, that is Cardinals play-by-play for Valley Sports Midwest. Chip Carey. Chip, thank you so much for joining us today. Usually this time of year, it's the perfect time to go out on a hot girl walk. Are you out on a hot girl walk today, or is that coming not up yet. soon? No,
7: not yet. We had a late arrival to Cincinnati. We got here about 230 in the morning so i'm still trying to shake away the cobwebs from a crazy series in atlanta but uh today is a national tv game so brad thompson and i don't have to work tonight uh but i will be going on a hot walk if the weather holds it's kind of cloudy here this morning but uh, that is the plan
4: well chip we have to talk about this series with the braves uh where where have this version of the cardinals been this whole time
7: well, I think offensively, it's been here quite a bit. In fact, most of the year, I think if you look at where the Cardinals are from an offensive standpoint, I've said it a couple of times during the broadcast, they can go toe-to-toe uh, with the Braves. No, they don't have the same uh, depth and breadth in the lineup like Atlanta does. After all, in that series, they had a lineup that had seven guys with 20 or more homers. But as we saw in the first two games, uh, the Redbirds were able to uh, you know, do damage. I mean, they hit eight home runs as well. They came with men on base. Uh, And they took advantage of their scoring opportunities. And the one big difference between the two clubs offensively, besides the uh, amount of power overall, is that the Braves have left the fewest men on base uh, this year. The Cardinals have left uh, the most or second most in the National League. And so uh, you'd rather have the opportunities than not. Unfortunately, the, the Cardinals have consistently knocked those guys in. But the potential for what we could see at least glimpses of in 2024 is here now. And to do that on the road in a great ballpark against a terrific team, I thought was very encouraging.
3: Chip, can you talk to me about what you saw from Jordan Walker the last few games back in his home state of Georgia? Uh, plenty of family and friends at that game. What th- that moment meant for him to perform in that stadium in front of family?
7: Well, it was great. I mean, he grew up in uh, Decatur, Georgia, which is about 10 miles away from Truist Park, uh, closer to downtown. He went to Stone Mountain High School. He had all of his friends and family there. Uh Buddy, pardon me, playing alongside of him, I think has really helped him relax and elevated his game. Uh, but I just think, Kerry, we're seeing more and more what you hope to see from young players, and that's growth. Uh, his numbers are right in line with what you'd hope them to be as a 21 year old learning to play the outfield and learning to play in the major leagues. Uh, his numbers compare very favorably to Ellie De La Cruz, the. Uh, Cincinnati Reds sensation, who we're going to see tonight. And uh, just the, the approaches, the results, obviously, the comfort, uh, the defense, uh, the instinctive play defensively, I think is something we've seen starting with the San Diego homestand uh, back at Busch Stadium. And so when you look at young players, you want to see growth. You want to see the maturity, uh, the fact that uh, the bad times haven't changed him as a person. They haven't made uh, uh, his his big league game worse. He hasn't taken uh, a poor offensive day into the field defensively or vice versa. Those are all signs of growth and maturity and skill that I think we're all very excited about, not just for him, but for Mason Wynn and Lars Newt Barr and Zach Thompson, our starting pitcher tomorrow night. So as I keep saying, we look for, uh, we look for glimmers of hope in a season like this. Uh, there are more than just a few glimmers for the Cardinals, and we're all very excited about that.
4: We are chatting with voice of the Cardinals, Chip Carey for Bally Sports Midwest. Chip, now they are going to head to Cincinnati. They will see a familiar face in Harrison Bader, but we talked to Tommy Edmond yesterday, and he said that at this point in the season, they are having a little fun playing spoilers with teams. Is that just kind of the approach with the Cardinals moving forward for the rest of the year?
7: Yeah, I think you play for yourself and your team and your city and the 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 uh, name on the front of your shirt first and foremost, obviously. But if you can't go to the playoffs, uh, the sign of professionals is you try to go and win the game, and if that comes at the expense of the club going to the playoffs – absolutely uh, you we all know that the Cardinals and Reds have always had a very heated rivalry uh you know a chance to to make life tough for them I think would be very satisfying for all of us and yeah that's that's something for which to play and I give the, the Cardinals players a lot of credit there's been no quit there's been no laydown they're still trying to play the game right the right way they're going out and competing they're just short in a few areas right now because of the trades and because of frankly how they've played all year long but yeah if we can't win it we want to make sure the other guys can't either and that's what makes the games fun.
3: Chip, I'm looking at Nolan Gorman's numbers, and he is 27 home runs, 394 at-bats. Uh, are we just seeing him scratch the surface of what he can be? If he gets another 150, 200 at-bats in a season, he's a 40-home run guy, isn't he? Uh, he's got a chance to be. Uh, he's been so good defensively, too. I think that's been the biggest surprise for me. You, know,
7: you think about third baseman moving over to second base, you wonder about the range, you wonder about the footwork and all of that, because at third, you really only have to go one way most of the time, and that's to your left. Uh, but Nolan turns the best double play for us at second base. And again, when you think about building your team for next year, the oldest advantage in baseball is be strong up the middle. With Gorman at second, with Wynn at short, you feel really good about what you can do on the infield. And Tommy Edmond put on a show in center field. I mean, it was Jim Edmunds and Andrew Jones reborn uh, against the Braves at Truist Park. So you put those three pieces together in the outfield and infield and all of a sudden you look oh okay we, we've got a representative defensive team with arenado and goldschmidt on the infield corners as well so uh, as far as nolan's concerned yeah he's doing it all he's having a great full first season in the major leagues and i think this will be a springboard for a, a lot of great years ahead
3: chip you hit the nail on the head i was going to ask about tommy Edmond and just that defense up the middle you see nolan gorman as your everyday second baseman and tommy edmund as your everyday center fielder in 2024
7: Well, for me, I mean, who's played center field better uh, than than Tommy has? I mean, really, and that's no knock on the other guys, but Tommy's just been a great instinctive athlete out there, and he makes the other guys in the outfield better. Uh, You've got Brendan Donovan. When he comes back, he's a guy that can filter around and play all the infield spots and left field as well. And so you see some of that versatility, but you also see uh, a club that um, entered the season not expecting Paul DeYoung to be the everyday shortstop and not expecting uh, Tyler O'Neill to maybe be the everyday center fielder. He's a left fielder. And so those two spots had to be plugged out of necessity for the Cardinals. It didn't work, and now you're finding a combination that does work. And as I said, for the, uh, the, the coaching staff and Ollie in the front office, I would assume this would be a very nice template from which to start as you put together your team uh, for next year or put together pieces that might bring uh, other pieces back in big trades that you need to, to boost your organization.
4: We were talking about this earlier and when we were talking about Nolan Gorman and Tommy Edmond, the bad part is, is that you see how talented this office is and what they're capable of. And you don't want to part with any of these guys, but we know that you could be faced this offseason with possibly trading away somebody to get back some starting pitcher. But is there a scenario where there you could possibly avoid that if the Cardinals do go out and spend just good money, a lot of money on getting some starting pitching in return? Or do you think that they will still have to move one of these pieces and it's going to be a hard person to move, I'm sure, like a Nolan Gorman, Edmund, or even a Donovan. A Donovan. Yeah,
7: I don't know about who would be on the block or if any of those guys would be on the block, Brooke, but I think you said it exactly right. You don't have to, but that takes money. And to do that, you've got to buy a free agent market and spend a lot of money to get what you need. And starting pitching is going to be very expensive. It's going to be very hard to find. And there's going to be a lot of other potential suitors. Uh, to, to go get those guys. I think what makes the Cardinal situation attractive is we draw 3 million passionate fans a year. Uh, the team, as we've seen up until this year, is always in playoff contention. Uh, they have 11 world championships. They know how to win. They have a track record of that, of treating their players exceptionally well. Uh, and they've had guys like Adam Wainwright and Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina uh, end their careers and and on their way to the team's Hall of Fame by wearing one uniform and and being such great loyal players. So. This is one of, if not the most attractive place in baseball to play. I don't think that the Cardinals will suffer from a lack of guys who have interest in playing here, but ultimately money does talk. And then if you can't spend the money or you can't come to terms, you at least have prospects and people in place that you can move that have value, and to get it, you've got to give it. And that would be hard, but it's a necessary part of the business, unfortunately.
3: Chip, you've been in broadcasting for a long time, seen a lot of great players perform, and and you've seen a lot of great players towards the end of their career. What have you seen from Adam Wainwright? And, and how tough is this, knowing how great he has been his entire career, to watch how this is playing out this season?
7: Well, yeah, the, the, the playing out part is really hard to watch because, as as Brian Snitker, the Braves manager, said, he was so classy in his comments, Adam's such a great person, he's such a great player, he's been such a wonderful ambassador for our sport, for humanity in general, uh, for the Cardinals organization, quite obviously, like, yeah, this is hard. Because a lot of folks will only remember the last uh, part of his career. And that, that's, that's sadly a part of the deal, but it's not the fair part. Uh, you know, 198 wins, 245 uh, quality starts. I mean, uh, second most starts in Cardinals history, uh, trying to be you know, the second most in wins behind Bob Gibson. I mean, these are all incredible achievements for an amazing man and an amazing franchise. But is it hard? Yeah, it's hard, but I'm not going to remember the the struggles on the field. I'm going to remember the uh, unbreakable spirit and indomitable courage he's shown in trying to go out and compete at his age to try to win for this team, for this franchise, and yes, For himself, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for that, and there have been glimpses and glimmers of it, but uh, he ran into a buzzsaw in Atlanta last night, and I don't know that anybody was going to really uh, flourish facing uh, the Braves at Truist Park in a starting role. After all, they scored six runs or more, I think, in all three games. They're, They're an amazing offense.
4: All right. Thank you so much, Chip, for joining us and enjoy your Hawker walk a little bit later on. We'll today. have
7: fun. We're, maybe we'll take pictures and send them along the way to you guys. Thank you. We, we need, it, we need Chip,
4: that.
3: Chip, did you uh, get my text from BT? <laughs> did, he, uh, did he pass along my message? I don't
7: think I did. I'll look. I, oh. I, I, truly, I've not picked up my phone since I, I woke up this morning. Well, so I, I will it, check.
3: This, was, this was last week. I, I sent him a message that the Hawks were 19 and the Longhorns had 16.
12: Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, <laughs> Just wanted to remind okay, you. So,
7: so send me a, Okay, you got my number. Send me a text, and tomorrow night okay. I, will, I will point that out.
3: All right, I appreciate it. There you it. go. Okay? All right, well, I'm, at bed. I'm a man of my word. Okay, I can do that. I appreciate it. We'll be waiting oh, for guys. that.
4: All right, thank you so much, Chip, You're for joining us. Okay, that guys. is Chip Carey, the Cardinals voice for Bally Sports Midwest. Coming up next... We're going to talk about the Chiefs last night and the Lions and uh, maybe some stuff about Tony because that was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, I don't know what else to say about that. That's coming up next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive
2: podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto
2: Centers.
12: Yeah, I mean, I have have trust in in KT. Um, he, He missed a lot of training camp. Um, obviously, he wanted to play and, and, and fought rehab hard so he could play. Um, and, and stuff's not always going to go your way, obviously. Um, he would want to catch a few of those in the game, but I trusted that he's going to be that guy that I go to in those crucial moments, and he's going to make the catch and, 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 and win us some seasons like he did last year. So we're going to continue to work him in, get him more and more reps, um, and I'm sure that, that those drops will kind of disappear.
4: Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Brooke Grimsley, alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. No, Randy Character today. We also have Matthew Rocchio in. Um, I don't even know if I need to intro who that is because he has a very distinct he voice. And Patrick Kermit. Mahomes. That's Kermit. That's yeah, Kermit. Like Kermit the Frog's Kermit been a, D, a, he's bro. been killing the NFL for years. <laughs> it, it's Kermit honestly, the Frog, ladies
5: and gentlemen. And you know what? Honestly, yes. you give some credit to Jim Henson. You know, working it all.
4: Mm, it's, <laughs> it's oh, okay. He's no longer he's a puppet. Well, That's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, going back to Patrick Mahomes, that was uh last night after the loss, the Chiefs losing to the Lions twenty one to twenty. Can you call it an upset?
3: Um yes and no. I think that the Detroit Lions are gonna be a really good football team. The Kansas City Chiefs. I think anyone that watched that game last night would assume that that was not the high-powered, potent offense that yes. we expected. Not having Travis Kelsey, not able to to not having receivers that were able to catch passes, um, and so you you go into that game knowing that you're down your best, second best offensive player, uh, your main guy that you want to target. It, it it changed the game plan for them, I'm sure, going into that game because Travis Kelsey was going to be targeted probably eight to twelve times in that game. And so now you you have to. Uh, put those targets in other yeah. places and, and disperse it properly. And it just didn't go well for them. One of the touchdowns that Detroit scored was on a pick six right through uh, Kadarius quarter, Tony's yes. hands. You, uh, Branch takes it back for a touchdown. It just wasn't sound uh, football from the from the Kansas City Chiefs that we're accustomed to seeing. But you have to tip your hat to what, what the Detroit Lions did. They were aggressive. You got a fake punt. you going for it on fourth down. They are a team that – really takes after their head coach's mentality. He is a tough, hard-nosed football player. He was. He's a tough, hard-nosed coach. And so they have that same style of play and that same type of expectancy from their football team. And he... He's leading them to do a great job,
4: and that's and that's my thing too. Is that I don't think I can take that away from the Lions because I think the Lions are definitely going to be good this year. And so I put it under more of the surprising category because I did think Patrick Mahomes, and it's not his fault what happened last night whatsoever. Because you would expect Kadarius Tony to definitely do better than how he performed, but still, I I was just so used to Patrick Mahomes being able to elevate some of the players around him, and it seems like he always finds a way and for that not to happen last night, I think was surprising. And getting back to Kadarius Tony, that's what we were listening to with what Mahomes was saying. He says that he still has trust in Tony. Over or under, do you think that Tony's locked out of the facility today? <laughs> no, he,
3: his fob is still working. He, it is.
4: He, and, he, and look, I know that he says he still has trust, but man, like how do you explain that, what we saw from Tony last night? It, got,
3: it was mental. I mean, yeah. after, after the first drop, after one goes through your hands, After it just felt like, I'm sure it just felt like every pass that came to him, it it probably felt like it was a, a small BB and he was trying to catch it as opposed to a beach ball. I mean it's much easier to catch that. He just was unable to dial in to lock in and do what he needed to do last night, but it's one game. And so what you do, you go back, you get back to work on 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 uh, Tuesday, ready to Monday ready to get back into it and and well I don't even know what day it is. today's is Friday today because they played on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> you get back to work today, figure out how to to get better and how they get better with, with Travis Kelsey, whether he's in the lineup or not, um, I don't have much concern in terms of, I just didn't like how it looked. The, the The mistakes from Kansas City are something that I'm not accustomed to seeing.
4: It it looked so yeah. bad. And so Travis Kelsey, I know that he was sitting out, and mm-hmm. so I expect that he will be returning soon. And I said it earlier, I think fantasy owners were upset that Kelsey wasn't available. I wasn't. But I think Patrick Mahomes was yeah, even more. Was. It worked out for you for your fantasy football
3: team. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the <laughs> week goes. Rock, what were you what what did you see from, from that? It's not just Canary's Tony. I mean
5: Sky Moore, you know yes. there were the, the my entire Twitter feed was did Sky Moore like Did he play? Did he die? Like did what something happen to, to Sky him? Moore? Like is he did he get kidnapped? Did he only tell is, you is what is happened he have with witness protection? And then the few times he actually gets a chance, uh, listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold hundred percent against him, the one drop where um uh, blanking on which Lions DB just did an incredible job of getting his hand on the ball as it was in Skymore's hands. The more the other one's is just him, him kind of mistiming his jumps and not getting up there, getting two hands on multiple balls from Patrick Mahomes and not being able to bring him down. They're not the easiest catches in the world. Again, he didn't have you know he didn't have nearly the egregious night that Tony did, but he was inconsistent and he's a guy who was supposed to step up. You know you, you know Tyreek's been gone, Mikol obviously never hit that level that they thought he was going to hit. Sky Moore mm-hmm. was supposed to be the next guy that stepped up. He's a guy who's making plays in the Super Bowl and he kind of disappears. And when he does pop up, he lets those drop too. Again, two of twelve with an yes. interception to when he's targeted getting wide receivers in the second half that is a stark stat to look at and that's not and you know it's going to get easier when Kravis Kelsey's out there but it's not necessarily going to solve the fact that those guys were finding the holes in zones, you were hitting them with pinpoint passes and they were dropping the ball this isn't a situation where these guys couldn't get separation against a defense that was locked in because your biggest threat wasn't there. These guys were getting open in the hole. I they think you couldn't bring it down. I think you got
3: to give some credit to the Lions oh, great. The front defense, seven yeah. as well. Their the defensive line—they yes. were getting after him. They didn't get to him, I'm sure, as much as they would like to. They got—they knocked them down a few times. I don't think they had any sacks, but they were putting pressure on him and forcing him to not throw on target passes, forcing him to move in the pocket and not really be comfortable back there. So for me, watching that from that defensive line from the Detroit Lions. I thought that that definitely helped in some of those off-target passes that Patrick Mahomes had. And and here's the thing, be be pay attention to R- Rashi Rice. Rasheed Rice, he's mm. going to be a guy going forward. I texted you that you last did. night. Yeah, got to you, you were talking about him on the he's, show. Yeah. He's yes. have a guy going forward that's probably going to get more opportunities. You run the right routes. You catch the ball. You make plays. Those opportunities become more and if guys aren't doing that, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, uh, Marquez valdez Gandling, if those guys aren't performing, Rasheed Rice probably will get more opportunities.
4: I'm so mad. He's on my so just just I to thought break you this said out. Rashad,
3: when you said his
5: name yesterday, I thought you were talking about Rashad White. Like I thought you were when you said no. that I was like I was like, Rashad White, the running back? And then you're like no no Rasheed, no, Rasheed Rice. Rice. I was like, oh. And then he blow and then he and then he and has of course, a touchdown and he for his did first fantastic,
4: ever catch. Just on my bench. Just yeah. sitting there, just staring at me. I That's texted one. I'm going against uh Marshy. This weekend, and I texted him. I said, "You're lucky that I didn't start <laughs> Rasheed Rice in my fantasy league just sitting this week." There with all
3: those points on, oh the bench. man, also,
4: it was all.
5: He, is, he is kind of the one that everyone wants to talk about right now. But don't forget, he did drop his very first target, Rasheed Rice. The like first yes. quarter, his very first career target. He did drop that one. Well, he eventually came back and got his first career catch. It was a touchdown. You make up for a little bit, but it wasn't just Tony. It wasn't just Moore. There are some serious issues right now with this wide receiver core well, for the Chiefs and my question just is if they don't solve it can the Chiefs be a Super Bowl contender if they don't have outside the numbers threats consistently
3: yes because they didn't have outside the number threats consistently last year and Travis, in, Travis Kelsey is the guy so mm-hmm. you know you had Juju Smith-Schuster who was a guy that you can catch that, that was going to catch passes but he wasn't going to set the world on fire I think Rasheed Rice has the ability to be that deep threat that playmaker downfield that can make big time plays big time catches similar to what they had when they had Tyreek Hill, but this all starts with Travis Kelsey. They it don't want to run the football. They don't want to uh, ground and pound. They want to throw the ball to the tight end. The Patrick the <laughs> Patrick Mahomes was the leading rusher last night for the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. Man, they got to find some sort of running game. When Patrick, when when Travis Kelsey is unable to play or not performing well, they have to be able to run the football. If your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes and he's your leading rusher on the night, it's not a good sign. It's probably mean probably means you're not going to win. And they didn't win last night.
4: And that's the biggest thing. Nobody else stepped up you had an opportunity there with Travis Kelsey not being there for somebody to step up and nobody else really shine other than Rishi Rice real quick I just want to touch on one other thing with the Chiefs Chris Jones that whole situation we talked about the contract with Nick Bosa yesterday and we saw I'm sure you guys saw it, in the stands there was Nick Bosa watching the game right next to his agents do you think after the Chris game Jones. his agent Chris Jones yes watching it yeah he yeah. Was, yeah yeah and do you think that his agents afterwards immediately called the Chiefs and say hey no. You miss us? I think Wait, they, can I, we get something
3: worked out here? I think they probably walked out of there with their head held high. Uh-huh. Look at us.
4: Look <laughs> at us about to sign a new contract.
3: <laughs> Call us when you're ready, fellas. All right. That's yeah. what I'm saying.
4: These agents, were they texting the Chiefs at halftime, basically, I, I think, I think and, they, say, and to hunt and them, saying, they probably,
3: hey? They probably understand. I, I think back to when um, Emmett Smith sat out his first two games of, I don't remember what year it was. He was going through a contract debate, and the Cowboys went 0-2. And they signed him immediately and got him in the fold, got his money taken care of, and he was balling the next week. So it, it's sometimes... You have to put your pride aside. Sometimes you have to come to an agreement. And for me, the best agreements come when both sides feel like they didn't get everything that they wanted. So mm-hmm. I think that cooler heads will prevail at some point, and they will figure it out how to get Chris Jones back on the field for the Kansas City Chiefs because that probably changes that game as well. One point, I think Chris Jones can uh, can assist in that.
5: I think we have to mention one more thing here because apparently Vimo's rabid fan base – on our text line uh, that wears black and gold, is not Mizzou Tigers and it's not Hazelwood, unfortunately, carry um, right. It's Iowa fans because we've gotten like 15 texts being like, mention Sam Laporta That's because oh. he's from I'm Highland to Illinois. Too. Illinois. <laughs> Sam Laporta
3: so. played well. He did an outstanding yeah, like, job had, like, as a rookie s- tight end. Well, yeah. He was he had six or six seven, seven catches? catches. Did a did a fantastic job last night. We were five catches for 39 yards. Good job, Sam. Very good job. First game in your in your <laughs> NFL go. career. Congratulations! He, he, did, he did have a key block on the Montgomery touchdown run he
5: did a okay. great job yeah. as a rookie
3: I, I thought he did a really good job I think he's going to be really good and he's going to be really important in that offense I'm looking forward to when they decide to get just open it up a little bit more take a few more shots downfield Jamison Williams would help with that when he comes back from suspension. One one last thing.
5: Uh, Jameer Gibbs, nine touches last night, seven rushes for 42 yards, two catches for 18 yards. So nine touches for 60 yards. Pretty good touch per average there. Do
3: you think that the Lions
5: need to get him more involved than just nine?
3: Well, let me tell you something. The way that I, I don't know who needs to be back there, but if if David Montgomery is going to pass block in that fashion, don't <laughs> ever. Oh, my God. Nick Bolton ran through him. The first thing that touched was the back of uh, David Montgomery's helmet to the ground, and then he tried to trip him and got a penalty. You, yeah. As a running back and as a running back coach and a guy that loves that position, I that made me sick to my stomach. So, yeah, yeah. he scored a touchdown, but David Montgomery – I think you'll probably see more of Jameer Gibbs going forward, Uh, just getting more touches because he is explosive. He is electric, and you get the ball in his hands, he does – amazing things.
4: All right. That's CD. Also, you mentioned there were Jameson Williams. When they come back, when he comes back, the Lions. Yes. Even more powerful. All yes, right. Indeed. That's CD. And that's Matthew Rocchio. Coming up next, we have Rock and Roll on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: Welcome back to the Opening Drive. I'm Gary Davis joined by Brooke Grimsley. And it is time for Rock and Roll. Rock, what you got?
2: I have to
5: uh, address what? something first because we got a text earlier in, in the show that uh, I was accused by Andrew Marsh on the fast lane last night of hiding the dry erase markers. Hmm. Now, here's the thing he's not entirely wrong. Okay. But I he's have an explanation. He's not
4: entirely wrong.
5: <laughs> Marsh she apparently was looking for this blue marker, which I have right now in my hand. Okay. Here's the thing you guys see this little cup I have of these markers? Yep. These are my markers.
3: Oh! Your own personal markers. <laughs> and I
5: don't leave them in studio because ah. this studio is where dry erase markers come to die. Okay. Where they come to they die. Do, you know what's amazing? They do not... They dry do, erase markers just get up
3: walk, walk away. Not, here's the thing. They, they don't do. just yeah. get up and walk yeah. away.
5: Sometimes you pick them up and just like, how is this marker so new? And has zero and ability leave to write. Open? They leave them open. Yes. And it has zero yeah. ability to actually write on the whiteboard we use. So <laughs> am I crossing a line by no. taking this out of the studio and, yeah. and, and, and if you, into the not, office with I me mean, every day?
3: If you put on the cup rocks markers, then they'll know. Can, that, can that, that Sharpie you got there right you go. there, Brooke? Right on there. And, but then you Rock still got to take it with you. Because they, even if you leave it, people will borrow it. Borrow. And then you'll never and see it again. And you'll never see it again. Yeah,
5: so apparently the the, the Fastlane wasn't happy because I'm, I'm hiding them.
3: Here, well, guess what? We're not happy that when mm-hmm. we come in here every morning that it's stuff all over. It's chairs. There were chairs everywhere chairs this all morning. Over. Confetti on the floor. What, what do you guys do in here <laughs> from 2 to 6 every day? I know you got the strobe lights going. It's <laughs> confetti falling the down. The cameras there are are everywhere. There's cameras facing different directions. What are you all in here doing, hmm? Anthony? Jamie? Marshy what well, what's going on we, we, inquiring minds want to know we, we do. We're,
5: we're just people if i leave <laughs> the markers in here i guarantee if i left them in here just a flat out two solid weeks you there's would have a, one. There's eight markers in there. You would have one. I think there's one that
3: survived. Also, I just <laughs> want to do point an and hopefully- No! No. Because then you'll never you get want, it back. Do. You want to you give me my 20 bucks back? Uh, <laughs> please do. Oh no! We, we, you, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: just let's to see it. what happens. Yeah, i know, not goes. doing it. Here's the thing. So, Marshy, I hope he's listening. Don't we have a supply closet, like literally where you can go and get extra markers and mm. things like that? Don't we have I, that? Is that there? Is I that think, at the end I don't of the think hall? That I feel like it's there, right? I've seen it.
5: I believe so. There's a lot of sharpies in there. There's not a lot of dry race markers in there. Hence ah. why I said, uh, Your cup. Can we see it? Uh, what does it say? Is Let's start rocks a GoFundMe for some,
4: some more markers for Marshy. It's not I'm sure. Right. It's the opening dry
5: markers. Is there it?
3: Well, man, no, no, they're no,
5: no, no it's, it's yours.
3: No. yours. They're, they're yours. You write on that whiteboard and only language that you can understand. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, <laughs> I wish people could read these messages so on this dang on dry erase board. We get so confused. I have no clue. It is a mixture. (laughs) So I'm trying to write quickly because it's usually it's usually a time pertinent thing,
4: a time sensitive thing. There was one point, like he wrote something on the dry erase board earlier today, where I was like, "Is that cursive?" And then also just like regular handwriting, but then it turned into cursive, and I was like, "What?" (laughs)
5: somebody said the irony of you not sharing your markers and then asking Brooke for her marker. (laughs) (laughs) In fairness, there's another, there's like three sharpies in there. Sharpies do fine in this studio. Sharpies survive. Sharpies survive. Uh, Sharpies uh, last in, in this in this studio. It's dry erase markers that get absolutely murdered yeah. as soon it's as they step in. Yeah, I'm, I'm, of... I'm saving them. I care about them, and, and you will not take them you, from me. You Aww. hold on to that,
3: Rock. Don't let anybody take your dry erase markers. You need them.
5: Uh, Exactly. We're going to go in the weekend and we're doing something uh, that we started last week and I want to do it again here. This is what I'm calling the betting slip. We're putting together a betting slip for everybody here over the weekend. We got plenty to do. It. We got college football, NFL football and a little bit of soccer. Obviously, my big one right out of the gate has to be Baylor last week lost to Texas State 42 to 31. They allowed 450 yards. You can get Utah, who's the number 12 team in just shellacked Florida. You can get them minus seven and a half versus Baylor this week.
3: I'm saying bet that all day, Kerry. Texas State, the fighting armadillos, wasn't that a movie, Unnecessary reference? I think so, yes. <laughs> I, I think they're the Bobcats, though, oh, if we're being
5: technical it. about it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're the Bobcats or some kind of Lynx-like character based on their
3: logo. Texas gonna... State University, the fighting armadillos. Sinbad, <laughs> them, them guys. They lost to them. They're the Bobcats. They lost to the, the Bobcats. They lost to. Oh, oh my man. God! They're
5: a good team. They got a. They got a good offense. Stone like I said, four hundred fifty yards. This is what, is what I'm stone saying. Stonehand. Texas State, four hundred fifty yards offense against Baylor. You have Utah, who just shellacked Florida. Seven and a half seems like a low number. I think if this was thirteen, if this was twelve and a half, I'd feel comfortable betting Utah. Uh, how many points did you say? Seven and a half. Utah, take take you, Utah. Take Utah all day long, yeah, right? Take Utah. I love, I love that pick. You're, yeah. The other big one, obviously the big ranked matchup here coming up this weekend. Number 11, Texas facing off against number three, Alabama. Oh. The spread is seven points either way. The over-under is 53-and-a-half. Any of those numbers jumping out to you for the betting slip?
3: 53-and-a-half. Last year, again, Quinn Ewers got hurt, and that's why that score ended up the way that it did that. Part of me wants to go over, I'm Texas 30, and, and I, I think I would take Texas. Texas, I'm telling you, Texas had that game in hand until until Quinn Ewers went out. He got hurt, changed the game, changed the complexion of that game, and and uh, Texas was, was unable to win. Alabama got away with one. Now, playing in Tuscaloosa this week, I don't know if it's going to be the same type of energy from Texas, but based on what I saw last year and what I expect this year, uh, I would I would say... I would say take Texas and the points and take over. Take yeah.
4: I, it feels like this version of Alabama anyways. is a little bit different, right?
3: Especially yeah. with last yeah.
4: season and the way that things went. I don't know. It just feels like this version, and they're still dominant, but I'm saying like this feels like we're seeing a little bit of a crack in Nick Saban.
3: Yeah.
5: I'm definitely feeling Texas plus seven. You're, you're feeling the over on 53 and a half. I aren't think Gary, so. It feels so. so well, like a
3: lot.
4: That's yeah. the, look at 20, 24,
3: 27. Right? We've
5: got to put yes. a bet down in Missouri and Brooks' alma mater, Middle Tennessee State. It is a 20.5 line, 20.5 yeah. line for the Tigers. And here's the thing. They apparently showed all their hand. They apparently weren't holding parts of the playbook back Eli last Greenfield week. And yeah. so I'm not – too high right now in the mizzou offense i'm gonna take middle tennessee state plus 20 and a half to i think i think no really? i think mizzou i think mizzou wins this one but i think it's more like a 14 to 17 point win than in a whole on 21 points that's a big number for the way mizzou mizzou's offense didn't really click now how much of that is the second half having a different quarterback who wasn't as successful according to your you know very obviously I'm not sure, but I'm I think I'm gonna take uh, I think I'm gonna take Middle Tennessee State to cover that twenty one twenty and a half.
4: Middle Tennessee didn't cover last week, did they?
5: I don't believe so. No. It was forty seven and they got I think it was like yeah it was like or thirty five I think was the actual was the spread so yeah and Missouri obviously I don't think uh, covered their spread very well either so I'm going to I'm, I think I think we're good on taking Middle Tennessee State for Brook again I don't think they're going to win please God don't lose to, to, twice to Middle Tennessee State in like a because the last time Middle Tennessee me.
4: played Mizzou was twenty sixteen yeah. right and that's when they beat them in homecoming
5: absolutely and what's well, pull one from the NFL the Jags are just minus four and a half they are in Indianapolis but the Jags that's Trevor Lawrence going up against the rookie Anthony Richardson and just four and a half points giving up for the Jags. I like that right now. It's minus, You can get it at minus 230, that that four and a half point spread.
3: Oh, yeah, I would take that. Take it all that I down, think right? Jags are going to – I don't know who Anthony – I mean, is he throwing the ball to himself? Michael Pittman. Yeah, I know who and he got. And that's about it. Yeah, but there's no Jonathan Taylor. Mm-mm. Uh, Shaq Leonard had a concussion, so I, mean, I don't know if he's – That's a touchdown win for the Jags. Yeah. I think that's easy. I think it's going to be more than that as well.
5: Another thing is, I, I was reading that unders hit at a pretty high rate the first three or four weeks of the NFL season. So which under are you taking? Is it, is it under the 46.5 in that Jags-Colts game, or is it under 45.5 in the Bills-Jets or the Bucks-Vikings games? you got to take one taking, of the under.
3: I'll take the Jags. Uh, Colts. Jags, Colts. I under. wouldn't take the Bills, Jets. And who was the last one? Bucks, Vikings. Ooh. 45 and a half over oh, under in that hell, game. The Vikings should score 45 themselves. So. The Buccaneers defense isn't that bad. they're, You know what's you know what's hard on a defense? When your offense goes three and out every drive and you got to play a 85, 90 plays. That's less helpful. That is not helpful at all.
5: You're not buying into Baker Mayfield? Hell no.
4: (laughs) What do you mean? Have you not seen him the past two seasons? Why would you doubt? Why would you doubt Baker Mayfield? Are
5: you? All right, fine. You're crazy, man. You're
3: crazy. I like you, but you're crazy. Fine, and
5: one last one. We haven't done well on our St. Louis bets the last two weeks. St. Louis is away against LA Galaxy. They are plus 270 to win the game, and it is plus 290 to tie. Again, LA Galaxy in their last 11 league matches Five, five, and one. It's a lot of draws. It's a lot of ties. I think I might go with a three way bet here. I think I might take 290 for, for a tie in this game. Wow. For a tie?
6: I think really?
5: think so. Come on. LA Galaxy's playing a lot of ties. They've had more rest St. Louis City's St. Louis City's offense has problems away, and you heard Andrew Wiebe earlier on the show. It's a possession-heavy style from the LA Galaxy, which means, I think, naturally, a lower score in the first place. I think if you were looking at an over-under of anything above two, which it usually isn't, I would say absolutely not. This game's going to be 1-0 or maybe 2-1, but I think a 1-1 tie is very really likely. I'm going to say 2-1. You're going to say 2-1? City so you getting a win?
4: Yes. Okay. For City to win.
3: All right. What about you, Carrie? I'm going to go with the win as well. All All right, I don't want do All a right, tie. fine.
5: Fine, fine, fine. Well, Here's so
4: he
3: that
5: Fine, a fine. Here's the betting he slip. Steals, Here's,
4: he steals dry race markers. Oh my God, they're mine. And he steals, yes, he, and then he, he wants happiness. people to lose. He's
3: a thief of happiness, thief of joy, thief, thief, thief of, joy. of joy. Yeah, <laughs> here you is know who the, you are. Here is the opening drive <laughs> betting
5: slip for this weekend. Utah <laughs> minus seven and a half over Baylor. Texas plus seven against Bama. We're all going to take the. We're also going to take the over on 53 and a half There, we're going to take Middle Tennessee State to cover the 21 and a half point spread. And we're also going to take Jags minus four and a half and the under on the 46 and a half versus the Colts. And then we're going to finish it off with a Sunday bet on the evening of St. Louis away win against the Galaxy. It pays you plus 270. I like the way we're looking. Not a tie, Rock.
3: Just a win. Better odds. A victory. Come on. Where is Herm when you need him? Where is Herm when you play to (laughs) win the game? I'm sorry. Hello? I'm sorry. You don't play the game just to play it. You play to win the game. There. You, you on play. Can you explain to me to what's win happened.
5: The game. Can You explain to me what's happened in a couple of St. Louis City's games where they no, don't have a I, win or a I actually, loss. I
3: actually can't. But they didn't play for the tie. <laughs> they that, didn't go into that, that one game against the LA Galaxy where they, they only scored each one They didn't go into each. the game and say we want to tie this one. I'm not the players, I'm a better. Uh, I'm just telling you.
5: Okay, fine. Mm. Play to win
3: the game. All right. <laughs> there's the betting slip. There's rock and roll. Thank you, Rock. Thank you, Carrie? Randy? Randy? Carrie? Either one. It's fine. It's totally fine. He forgot he was with us all day. It's totally fine. (laughs) Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. How about that? How about that? St. Louis, have a great weekend. Coming up next, you have a balloon party. T-Mac and Ajax in. uh, Until Monday, we'll see you. Show us your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face?